producing uh, <laughs> so I thought maybe this podcast would be like the, the worst podcast ever like I forgot to bring the Foley thing and just be like uh, you know noises and stuff like yeah. everything that Phil hates we, we would try to do it but I think that's out let's just try to do a, a decent not a cast so yeah. sober cast so yes, here so. we are this is our not a cast number two number two and uh, why is that a not a cast well because our humble narrator Phil Waters is not in his house tonight right he's he naked in Arizona adventure. he is uh, out scouting out his 89 caravan route so right now he was, I forget what city in Arizona he was in. He's in Wickenburg, the last I saw. Wickenburg, up, uh, Highway 89, which uh, going on to 63 or 93 or something like that. I think it's like just uh, northwest of Phoenix. Yeah, so he's on a solo mission. So here we are this evening in beautiful Lakewood, Ohio. And what's that noise in the background that we can't not hear? Do-do-do-do. Riders on the stone. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It, so we're have a nice downpour. A little conversation about uh, motorcycles, and we were going to ride. Safe to say, nobody rode tonight. Um, we're well, here on Steve. I, I rode Hopper. 500 feet and then turned around. Yeah. He belled <laughs> wisely whenever you saw that it was alien invasion when you over Cleveland. Right. The dark ominous cloud. We're here on Steve, the Happy Sewer Guy's front porch on his mid-century colonial, or well, what would you call this, a, almost a century, is this a century home yet? Yeah, that's 104 years old. 104 years old, yeah. Steve has a beautiful porch with, you know, outdoor couches and a, a chain, a swinging uh, bench, and it is, you know, Lakewood is kind of known for its beautiful porches. Two, two refrigerators, uh, four motorcycles. Yeah, one. A lawnmower. <laughs> Actually, your porch is probably the most respectable part of you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so let's just go around the table. Let's do it. To my left is... Nick DeVito. And to my left... Nick, what did you ride tonight? Nothing. Uh, yeah, Absolutely no, I nothing. I my car. And what are you drinking? A Labatt's Blue? Mm-hmm. And then to his left... Dan Crumpy. And Dan, you brought a whole sack load of beer, huh? I've got a dozen or so. If anybody wants one, say the word. Excellent. Now, Dan, I know, do you want to do it? Okay, so <laughs> just a little explanation. This is the neighbor. He's uh, obviously doing some home improvement projects. Which we did not know about. So, yeah, so we've got a little bit of circular saw action going on in the back room intermittently. But, you know, <laughs> I will say, though, that this street is definitely much quieter than the West Park location. Yeah, yeah. We do not have a quarter mile here, although people do like to fly up and down the street. Yes. But Dan, you were telling us, and I don't know if you want to do a PSA on that uh, State Liquor Control Board auction or if you just want to keep people out of it. He well, says I mean, no. He says no. The don't question is, up. do we want to reduce our own chances? Or not? <laughs> yeah. 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 And so, the answer is no. No. <laughs> so, the, yeah, so there's not a uh, there's not a, draw, a lottery going on right don't now. Don't even look. <laughs> uh, and so, the bourbon there are a lot that are in the lottery or crap anyway. Yeah, so. You wouldn't yeah. want to stay away from that. And to his left, we have uh, Steve Sleepy, and uh, yeah, I'm here. You are you deserve at least uh, co-host and sound engineer. Thank you. Well, we're usual. trying. We're trying as much as we can. We're wearing two hats this night. Yes, sir. And then and to then my say, left, uh, Chris Smith, and uh, enjoying a uh, a ginger beer with a, uh, a little topper of uh, Colonel Elizabeth H. Taylor bourbon. Yes. Uh, 
which is uh, underappreciated and uh, overconsumed uh, as, often as, <laughs> as often as we can. Uh, but uh, Steve was nice enough to mix up uh, some drinks with uh, Bundaberg ginger beer, which is uh, tremendous, and the uh, bourbon comes through nicely. And to my left is... The happy sewer guy. Our, our actual host, if you will. Our, our, yeah. our, our hostess with the most. The HSG. Steve, did you? I'm uh, riding this bottle the of Colonel E.H. Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> He's riding the, the brown liquor lightning. And thank God, and because the blue liquor lightning. <laughs> that stuff was, was horrible. Well, now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Now, I wouldn't call it horrible. It I liked it. No, no, I yeah, liked it wasn't horrible. It, but I'll tell you what, I was beat up the next morning pretty bad. You were banged up? Yeah, a little well, bit, man. Well, so that that was the blue one. And, and, <laughs> that was the blue and, one. And, and, and they've got green apples, so I'm, oh, I'm that assuming that's the good. green one. So if anybody... <laughs> Decides they want to see that in one of these podcasts. Make sure you let me know because uh, You'll puck I'd, up. I'd be happy to punish you guys with no. the green shit. Everybody's no. going to get pucked up. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I think I'll stick with the brown liquors. Yeah, yeah, the browns are better. <laughs> and the, the clears. <laughs> we uh, we might have a couple of guests. One is, uh, you guys know Vulcan Dan? He's uh, at Mid-Ohio all the time. Okay, yeah. He wants to ask questions about, especially you guys, what you guys think of the new Coke. So oh, we're going to wow. give him a call a little later. And but the Super Cub? Yeah, the, two cup. the Hunter, the Hunter Cub or whatever oh. it's coming mm-hmm. out. Oh, the Hunter Cub. Now that's a different than the Super Cub. The yeah, Hunter no, Cub it's is the... what would be the CT90, the new release of what would be the Honda Trail right. 90 CT125 exactly. or something like there that. There you go. Yeah. Yep. The Hunter 125. Mm-hmm. That's it. So, yeah, he, he, he he's, he's bouncing back and forth, and he wants to get your guys' official opinion. So, so we maybe said, have a caller. Yeah, we have those. And then I might have an Italian guest. A very, sad, you said a, very special, very special guest. Somebody uh, high up in the hierarchy of the motorcycle industry. That's right. You, and, you teased, and he he uh, he's Italian, maybe, and uh, it's all. Maybe. It just depends if he texts me back. He was all about it. I told him what time we were doing it. He is not in this time zone. What uh, is his name? We'll determine whether he's Italian by his name. Alfonso Riviera. That's pretty Italian. <laughs> I'm going to say he's Italian. Yes. If he comes on this podcast, so we have to get his grandma's gravy recipe. <laughs> yeah, something like that. The Sunday sauce. Yes. So, did you guys see? To the, I sent a thing a couple days ago that Zero is partnering partnering with Polaris. Yes, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't get to read that a whole lot, but it is super fantastically exciting news. It's, I almost hate to even discuss this topic without humble narrator here, but I'm sure. That we will definitely be talking about oh, it once we get yeah. to a real podcast. I think we're going to touch on it, but yeah. And I can only imagine that he probably does have some inside information or some really good knowledge on it. But The article uh, was pretty cool. It seems like they're going to focus on snow, snow machines and off-road vehicles. Yeah. So they're going to leave Zero doing what Zero does best, but I think probably just rape them for their powertrains and stuff right. and put them in other things. I mean, because Polaris, let's see. I mean, that, that could be, you know, snowmobiles. Right. That could be side by sides. Yep. Three wheel things. That could be things. quad runners. Uh, what do that, you call- I hope that even includes wave runners. Oh, that'd be awesome! Right. Well, that'd be uh, a slingshot. Would they make an electric slingshot? Maybe. Is that Polaris makes a slingshot? Huh? Isn't it? 
Oh, well, then, okay, so the Can-Am Spider is by Can-Am. Oh, that's Can right, that's right. Right, but Polaris <laughs> has something. Uh, yes, you're definitely right, but here we're a little bit out of our depth. Somebody get the Googles out, let's use the power of the internet. <laughs> you have a laptop there in front of you to see. Yeah, but I'm not connected to the interwebs. Oh, oh plus I don't want to. Okay. So I, I think that's correct. But, because uh, they make, they're, they're Indian, right? Indian. Yes, they are. Yes. Indian is in American Indian, as in right. Indian motorcycles, is what you're saying. Yes, yeah. right. Yes, and that, I think that wasn't based out of Missouri or something, or what state? Minneapolis. Or Minneapolis. Or I think Minneapolis. Right. Okay. Because like, so, weren't they like directly come competing with Harley Davidson for a while? Like when well, they I mean, if uh, you would have to be if you're the only other American manufacturer. If I'm, you know, now there's Janus and there's <laughs> Cleveland Cycle Works, right, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But uh, but I they mean, were pretty sizable. But they, you know, there's Harley Davidson, and they're producing Indian. Indian so can we go back a few years? They did go bankrupt, though, right? The they Victory had a, Polaris kind of day? stopped. Victory and Polaris, right? Well, they, yes. No, they, uh, no they, they stopped producing Victories okay. to put their energy into Indian. And it, yeah, wasn't right. that, it wasn't that Victory I think it was, was a re, I would call it a restructuring without filing bankruptcy, maybe. Okay. I, don't, I don't think they were losing money, but I think they wanted to put their... Uh, I think they wanted to put all their resources into Indian because... That's more like a victory is more of a futuristic bike, and yeah. Indian was more of a classic style, higher tech bike. And I think they just decided that if they're going to de- instead of developing two lines, because there were divergent lines. I mean, the engines were different. I don't think they, they shared very few parts between. Right. I mean, maybe twenty. I think it was twenty percent. Kickstands. They shared the same yeah. kickstands. Well, probably, and that was. But but for twenty percent of the, I mean, if you're going to do engineering, that means you're doing hundred and eighty percent of the engineering for two lines, or a hundred percent of the engineering for one line. So I imagine it, it saved them some money, but I don't think Victory necessarily was. Now I don't know if the name actually got sold off. They might even still hold the Victory right. franchise right. in their pocket that they could maybe resurrect that if they decide, you know. If sales warranted it, if they started selling, if they decided they needed like a down market model or something, right, off then of they the, could pull it out off of Indians or something. They wanted to sell something that wasn't twenty six thousand dollars to start with or something like right. that. That's kind of like what Cush, like Cushman ended up selling their name, and somebody just opened up Cushman Two, and they're producing that, you know. new Cushmans and they're putting them out. Uh, something like what a, a twelve horsepower, or some I don't know. I it's remember. a V, like a little V twin, like grass looking mower kind of thing in it. But apparently, some of them are getting Honda EX400 motors, like the quad motor with the five speed. Well, that would be like the same as those Genuines that, that Phil was selling, the GN400s. Yeah. That is a, a it's a Chinese motor, but it's a, a good quality clone of a, a Honda XR400. Right. Motor. And they're bulletproof. And apparently, like, the reason that they're doing that is you can find parts anywhere in the entire world. Like, that motor's been around for so long. Yeah. I, yeah it makes you wonder, like, could I put a Honda head right on that motor? Maybe I could, maybe I could. Is that, is that RVCC though? Uh, I believe that motor was RFVC, oh, so radial four oh, valves yeah. per cylinder. But that's the same, it had the same, believe, same structure, it's not just... I believe so, I don't have a diagram in front of me, but it's a single carburetor with two exhaust ports, so you know it's probably the radial four valves per cylinder type. So getting yeah. back to Indian, how are they hanging in there? Does anybody know whether they're... I, I saw her today. You saw one today. I saw one today. It's one of the first I've seen actually on the road, believe it or not. It looked like well, a newer one or yeah. 2016? Or? Uh, it looked really, it had like the, the liquid cooled engine that had the, uh, you know, the the silver accents on the engine. Uh, so I think it was relatively new. 
uh, but I couldn't tell you what, which model or, or because well, are there are there any Indian? I will say this in my opinion. Yeah, I think the Indians doing very well with their FTR. So that model that is the you know what we saw when we were out in Portland, the dirt track with the street tracker type. Uh, you know, it's it's its own niche type of bike, but that's the, their 1200cc, I yeah. believe, FTR. Yep. It's a pretty badass bike. I mean, huh. I, I look at it every once in a while and be like, boy, you know, if I could have one bike, that might be it. It's, <laughs> yep. It sounds good. They look good. So I think they're doing fairly well with sales on those. Their bigger bike lineup, I don't know. You know, they're certainly not selling Harley numbers, but I don't think Harley is necessarily selling Harley numbers. Well, I'll tell you what, we went out to uh, Johnny Cade's, me and my buddy went out to Johnny Cade's Super Sports, whatever, out in Elyria. And they sell uh, Indians, and the the big Indians, like whatever the, the ones competing with the Harley baggers and all that, they're really nice bikes, man. Like they they have features that Harleys don't have. And like, like what, for instance? Uh, motorized windscreens, like yeah. that just go up and down. They had integrated everything, one key for all, everything on the entire bike, um, Bluetooth connectivity. I mean, everything. He went through so many features, I forgot a lot of them. But when you look at it, I mean, it wasn't a cheap bike. It was twenty some thousand dollars. Well, let me put it this way. It's probably equal to what you just got. The same kind of thing like that, where it has a lot of the bags and they're really nice and built in and everything's one key and all that. So, I don't know. It was cool. How many okay, different... So, oh, I was going to say, from a stock standpoint, Polaris is up 6.7% over the year. And Harley's down 32%. Wow. Yeah. So, that's that's telling you that Polaris is doing pretty well and that people, investors think that Polaris' marketing strategy and sales are good enough to warrant a rise in their stock prices, and they think Harley's restructuring is not going to. Well, really they just pulled. They, out, Harley so. just pulled another Indian thing, right? They pulled the models from the whole. They're not doing the whole Indian production anymore. That is correct. That yeah. they have killed that whole. Uh, what is it? The five hundred and seven fifty lineup that they were producing in India. Yeah. You know that never re- that was a domestic model that never really got sold in. You know, Phil's talked about that quite extensively right. on, our, on our real podcast. But uh, I don't think, and again, in my opinion, I love Indian motorcycles, even the old ones particularly, but right. even the new ones, just they, they really look like a great bike. Mm-hmm. And I, as far as their quality, I've never heard anybody say bad things about their quality. I mean, they might be expensive to get worked on. I don't know if they ever suffered. I mean, what do they suffer from? I don't know. How many, how many Indian dealers do we have in the greater Cleveland area? Does anybody know? Zero. No, there's one. Johnny K. Yeah. Is it? And where yeah. is he located? Valeria. I think he has a couple stores, but it's a big... Okay, because the one that was in the Cleveland area, which was on like on the east side of town, off on, on Bishop, Bishop Road, yeah. was, is gone. Yeah, but, no, that's yeah and that, that Bishop guy, he had three locations. He had Bishop Road, and then he had one out there. Right? Well, no, he had one out at uh, 257 mm-hmm. off of uh, where that uh, Quaker Steak and Lube is. He had a joint there. Oh, but he was a victory dealer, though, right? And he was but victory, he, he wasn't but, Indian. But he had Indians in that one out there. He had Indians over there on Bishop Road, and then he had a third location. And, and the guy re- went belly up, I think. I, I seem to recall Phil talking about that, that this was the guy who had, uh, you know, all in the glass, the fishbowl store and dealership. Yeah, he was, he was out of Chicago, if I remember correctly. And just, you know, one of those ones where when he went out, he's just like, you can only imagine how hard he bit it when he had to close all those... Those, right. Those so, so as much as we appreciate Indian motorcycles and, and and what they're what they're doing, it would be hard for any of us to find a place other than out in Elyria yep. 
to go see one, and not many people really want to go to Illyria, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the guy, I give him credit. So there's like a dying mall, right? You know, like, I don't know what store it used to be, but it's like a huge... There's plenty of them, by the yeah, way. And there's, it was dying a malls. Huge, it was a huge corner store. I mean, like Kmart size. And like that thing is filled. I mean, they do a lot of side by side dirt bikes and. No, I have to check stuff, that place out. I didn't even know it was at it's at Midway Mall then. Something out there. Just look up Johnny K Motorsport. I mean, it's 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 a legit deal. And then I was talking to the salesman, who, funny enough, his name was Jesse James. I, I remember that. How you cannot remember that? But he was saying that the owner, the guy, is actually there's a guy Johnny K, and he's an actual motorcycle enthusiast. He's not just a businessman, and I guess he's really cool to work for. Like people are, like his employees seem to. I don't know, maybe he's blowing smoke at my ass, but it seemed like they were pretty So that then begs the question is, whenever uh, Polaris teams up with Zero and launches their line of snowmobiles and oh, quad runners, where are they going to be sold out of? Right. So it might be the same model that Zero is using or that you could become a dealer. You don't, you know, just have to be a standalone Zero dealership. Right. So will Phil ever carry in that? Hey, who knows? I doubt it. He's not probably not going to go along into snowmobiles. I wonder what how many of, snow machines we sell around here. Really? That's, well, that's you know now, none. I mean, there's no snow. If so. they need a tester, though, I totally volunteer. <laughs> yeah. Testing like to it out up in Speculator, New York. Oh yeah. yeah. So I, Polaris, if you're listening, I'll run this shit out of it. Steve I'd wants to open a dealership. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see it though, because like even with the drones, like uh, some of the stuff, I have battery heaters and everything, so the lipo batteries can be heated for a few minutes before you go up, and you still lose like. 25% of your flight time and everything. So I wonder what they're going to do with the snow machine with batteries like that. I think a hybrid system would be the best way to go with that. Like have a... A generator. Yeah, just a yeah. generator, like a, say like a 20 horsepower generator. Right. And then it runs just to heat, to preheat. <clears throat> and then you could supplement power. I mean, it's not, of course, it's not going to provide all the power you need. But yeah. I mean, in snowmobiling, you really, a lot of times you just cruising i mean yeah. you're not you're not doing a hundred you're doing but i would 20. think i mean power consumption on a snowmobile with heated grips heated seats yeah heated everything you're trying to do all that on a battery that's also your your basic motive form of you know and it can't have moving. a tesla battery you know what i'm saying at the same, same time a snowmobile can't is a lot it can be heavier than a motorcycle yeah. so you could right. have a ton more batteries yeah and it definitely yeah. has space in the tunnel and stuff where yeah. you can yep. pack batteries into it so i guess it's just a matter of how much and then they could do something like um like my buddy mike he has an electric wheelchair now because he's still trying to learn how to walk and everything from his mm -hmm. accident and they have these these slide-in batteries that are about this long. Mm -hmm. That he has two of them, so when one dies, you clip in the other one and they charge. I wonder if they couldn't use one of those as the preheater. And like, if it had twenty thousand milliamp, you know, battery, you could run all your gear for about five or six hours off that battery and let the. I wonder what's more important. What do you want to go out first? Do you want to stop moving? Or do you want to move out your heat first? Right. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. That if you had a twenty think, horsepower, maybe you could stop and like. I, you can carry five gallons of fuel, and yeah. then you can just but, stop. If you know, like when you're resting, or like when you go into like, because snowmobilers basically go from bar to bar, <laughs> or from like fill up, they go along, they find a bar, they get chip faced, you know, and go on to the next thing. Well, yeah. and okay, so let's, so you could just leave it out in the in the. Let's just start with the baseline. Running. It has a hundred mile range. <laughs> would that be ridiculous for a snowmobile? Yes, electric snowmobile is not going to have a hundred mile range. I would think not. What like, do you? What would you guess that this snowmobile? What is its maximum range going to be? Four miles. 
Oh, come no, on. I would say it's like I would say you're gonna get like six gear eighty out of it. I mean, it's okay. got a CVT, right? So it's not a geared transmission. Well, it's so not. It's gonna, gonna, I don't I don't need a CVT. Yeah, yeah, no, oh, you're either. right. You're right. Direct drive. It's gonna be direct drive, and the. The, the problem is, though, that it's a lot of... Well, I mean, I guess it wouldn't be so bad because it's a lot of start and stop, too. Mm, so yeah. you might get a you might get a little more range out of it because you could have regen. Yeah, but then, too, like, you don't... On a snow, and I don't know a whole lot about snowmobiling. You're much more of an expert. But on a snowmobile, don't you just kind of let go of the throttle and that's how you slow down? How often are you actually hitting the brakes? Well, that's why regen would work. I mean, there are brakes, but I mean, it's a brake on the shaft. Yeah. But the problem, but, but you have to also look at, okay, so you have a motorcycle gets, say, 45 miles to a gallon, 40 miles to a gallon. Mm -hmm. Your snowmobiles get, How do I, I mean, your most efficient snowmobile probably gets 20 miles to a gallon. Right. No, I got so to it's taking you twice the energy mm -hmm. to move that under the thing. So if you have a 500 pound snowmobile, which turning a track is obviously way more difficult than turning a wheel. Right. right. There's plus you know, resistance going through snow. snow rolling resistance rolling. versus sliding. Yes. Yeah. So, so you would think that even if they had, I mean, you, they would have to put like 20 kilowatt, yeah. 20 kilowatts of batteries on. How do you, oh, speaker. So you're already looking at. Right. Speaker. I mean, uh, a three and a half kilowatt battery weighs 40 pounds. It's an 800 pound snowmobile easy. Yeah, because you're looking be. at, yeah, so 40, three and a half kilowatts, so that would be 10, Hello. or not 10, eight times that, so eight times Hello? 40, 320 pounds. Is he coming through? No. Um, Hold on. Oh, I think we might have. We might have Alfonso. We might uh, have Alfonso coming we? in as a call-in. We're trying to get him up on the phone right there? now. <laughs> Stand by. We're having some technical tech difficulties. A little bit of technical. Yeah, Keep on rock. All right, hold on. We're gonna, let, we're gonna let Dan all right. handle this. Oh, good. We just hung up on Alfonso. Oh. <laughs> but I mean, it's I mean the idea of blasting through powder on an electric snowmobile. Oh, it there, chill, Alfonso. Completely <laughs> silent. Yeah. You know, and there's Something a lot of flack that people give about the environmental hey, impact. Hey, the there we go. All right. Alfonso. Hey, buongiorno. Buongiorno. <laughs> so how, how is it over there in uh, wherever you are? It's, 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 it's been a nice time. Yes, end of September. It's this this bad. Very good season. But, uh, what's, it like, what's it like for you? Uh, it's raining and excellent. So, so uh, fifty-seven degrees. Yes, Fahrenheit. So, in all actuality, this is no, 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 no. Stick with it. No, Stick with no, it. Keep no, it going. Keep it going. Go ahead, John. Yeah. So, Alfonso, where do you hail from, Italy? <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna walk down all the way out the back door, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, in case you don't know, we have contacted Phil, who is uh, scouting the '89 Grand uh, Grand uh, Caravan yeah. uh, Rally for next year, and he's doing it all solo by himself. This this just turned into half a podcast. Just yeah, yeah. So how's, yeah, well, how's nice. your trip going? I'm I'm doing nice. really well. It's it's kind of it's, it is hotter than balls. Uh, what is so, the temperature I, where you're at? Uh, well, actually, where I am, it's it's got a little bit cooler. So where I am right now, it's only about uh, ninety degrees. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
this morning, uh, this morning in Phoenix, it was 100. When I rolled out of town, just in time, the temperature was on its way for. It was headed for 106 degrees. Wow. Wow. So, so how, I don't is the, know. how is the trip so far? Like, is the route everything you thought it was going to be? Yeah, it's been very well. I mean, the, the van has run optimally. Uh, I have not bought a motorcycle yet, so that's oh. kind of yeah. So well, the, I was, hey, we're having a drink in your honor. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's a little it's a little too early for that for me right now, only because I've got quite a bit of driving left. Mm. Do you yeah, have a, so. you have a destination? Do you have a hotel room already lined up that you're trying to make it to? No, I don't. Uh, this is kind of a, the freestyle part of the trip. We're just trying to figure out how much we can take in or how much I could possibly ask the guys to take in in one day. And uh, today's, you know, so far, we're looking at about 200 miles. Which, that's not awful. I mean, that's, I mean, if, well, you, if you drove it straight, that's five or six hours of driving. Right. That's right. But the problem right now is that it's not quantity, it's quality. It's not what? It's not the quantity; it's the quality. Oh, oh okay. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so, but you took you so you took a uh, uh, what a pow or what did you take with you for delivery? Um, brought, I brought a uh, I brought a Nissan a Nissan Pow, and I delivered that to Oklahoma City. Okay. And then I I put that part. You know that was a big part of my trip, and got paid to do that. So that helps offset some of the gas money. You know. Yeah. And, the uh, I've got a pretty, and then dumped the when I dumped the pile off, I also dumped off the trailer because the trailer is a uh, as a U-Haul, so there's no reason to drag it across America. So you're saying even as a professional, it's better to rent a trailer for most occasions. Yeah, if you here's the here's the real deal. If you spend five grand on a trailer, because you want a trailer big enough to haul a car, right? If you spend five grand on a trailer, well, every time you use a U-Haul it's going to cost you about 150 bucks. So you got to use a U-Haul about 40 times, you know, to, to get to that break-even point. Well, and, and you have no maintenance then either. You don't have to worry about anything because you're getting a perfect trailer every time. License plates, nothing, none of that stuff. Yeah, yeah absolutely none of that stuff. <laughs> so are so you guys in a position where, I'm, I'm sure that you guys are in a position where you can see this. Uh-oh, so, we're losing you. Momentarily, I'm gonna put you on the speakerphone just so I can do this for you. Um, just for fun, I'm gonna take a picture of where I am right now. You're coming okay? in loud and clear. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take a selfie, and then I'm not gonna tell you where I am, but I'm gonna let you guys guess where I am, Ooh. and then if you guys can guess where I am, uh, I'm gonna send it to Sleepy's phone. Right, so okay. we'll, use, we'll use Sleepy's phone. The uh, all right, cool, excellent. And then you guys can take a look at that picture and if you see if you can figure out exactly where in the world is Carmen San Diego at this exact moment, because it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty special. The uh, and that goes along with what you were saying. You're looking for quality in this trip. You're not just looking to, to put it on miles. You're looking for interesting places to stop, things that wow. you know somebody could check off on their list. Wow, that does look Grand awesome. Canyon. Flagstaff, north of Flagstaff. He's showing it to the camera right now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So Phil, I mean, just to describe it, Phil has a, a beautiful panorama behind him 
of what looks like a, a valley, uh, red rocks and stuff like that. Is that called the Painted Mountains or something like that, or the Painted Hills? Painted or something? Desert. No, I'm on I'm on the southern rim of the Grand Canyon. Southern oh, rim. Wow. That's what I guess. So that is. I got that right. That I think is, uh, Happy Sewer Guy was the winner there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm at, a, I'm at the southern rim of the Grand Canyon. So uh, looking out for what I can see in front of me, as you can see, um, is a, a, a freaking Grand Canyon. That's Bill, it. Um, can so, I just ask you to watch your step, please? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm right at the edge here. So I'm, I managed to get off the trail and watch get up here. Watch that selfie so taking. No, no cliff selfie taking, please. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So, hey, yeah, it looks I'm like gonna, you found a tiki bar last night. Yeah, I went to a place called the Undertow, which you guys got. I mean, absolutely have to look it up. Um, it's a fantastic tiki bar, but it's super small. So realistically, maybe they could hold 20 people, maybe 25. It is a tiny little tiki bar. And uh, so it's a, it's a very, uh, it's real, real neat. And the whole idea is they have a, they follow a story. And so the chapter changes like every year so they're in chapter seven right now and it's a story of an adventurer and a boat and it's adventure um and the adventure travels like last night for instance our boat was trapped in the ice uh, so wow. the inside of the bar was all done with snow and stuff like that 105 degrees outside i'm in the basement of a coffee shop in a tiki bar and like ice cold wind snow and fog is blowing <laughs> How cool is that? excellent yeah. that's pretty neat so what's, what's excellent, on your excellent theatrics. What's on your agenda for the rest of today? Well, so it being as though it, here it is only 5 p.m. and uh, I am sitting literally enjoying the view of our Grand Canyon uh, at the national parks. What I'm probably going to do is I'm going to be here for a couple more hours. I'm going to go explore some of the other overlooks because I'm trying to, you know, sort of set up a route for this this. Uh, road rally and then uh the next goal is going to be go to go to zion so i'll be heading to zion uh zion national park and they've got just um, amazing views there so this this whole route 89 is called um the most scenic highway in america and it is it's the stuff that i've seen today just going from phoenix up to jerome through sedona and then into flagstaff oh, and now here the grand canyon that's all in five hours of driving wow yeah so you get the most for your money. You get a lot of stuff that's really cool to see in just five hours of driving. So are you looking for like uh, certain stops? I mean, is, yeah. is part of the 89 caravan sort of like a scavenger hunt? Like I know that yeah, there are extra, exactly. point, extra points for hitting certain places and doing certain things. And that's what you're scouting out right now, right? That's right. And I'm writing things down. It's like, so, you know, I know that when we set this whole thing up, I can say that on day one, you know, there'll be uh, 50 points if you get a picture of yourself with a pink car. And I know where the pink car is, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, there's there's all these kind of things that, that you can do and you can that's why I'm pre-running it is to stage it so I can make sure that we're not just sending people out there and, and asking them to get pictures of stuff that we just know is there because of Google or whatever. It's um, These are things, these are true roadside attractions or things that you should probably see when you're traveling. If you're going to make this kind of a trip, we're going to force you to get off the beaten path and go look at cool stuff. We, uh, we saw your pictures from Cadillac Ranch. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure it was probably a great disappointment <laughs> for you to arrive there 
and find a state of affairs. Did you uh, take the opportunity to try to redecorate anything or anything? <laughs> yeah, and that was it. Was kind of an interesting thing because while I, while I was there, I ran into a. Uh, I was had of course I was headed westbound, and I ran into a couple, um, a father and his two kids who were there for. Uh, they were heading eastbound to Kentucky, and they had been to the West Coast, taking a nice family uh, family adventure. And they decided that they were going to stop at Cadillac Ranch, as you do. I mean, this is it. It's Amarillo. There is nothing else in Amarillo that you want to see when you're driving across America. This is, you know, Cadillac Ranch is kind of the thing. So if, if people don't know, Cadillac Ranch is what? How many cars go? There's a, there's a, a the best thing I can tell you, 10 Cadillacs that are buried at a 45-degree angle as though somebody had shot them out of a bow and arrow 100 miles away. And they landed <laughs> nose first in the dirt and they're all buried up to about the a pillar um so it's the ass end of several cadillacs sticking up out of the dirt and it was an art installation from a long time ago and um ever since it went in the, you know i guess the idea has been to kind of leave your mark and you know put, put your no, name on it and where you're from and you know your own personal little graffiti on there and so there'll be errant spray cans laying around if you didn't bring your own and you just tag it, you know, tag it, and it's a it's an interesting thing. I call it like a it's like a three dimensional bulletin board. You can say, you know, Phil from Cleveland or whatever, and it's it's just a neat thing for travelers to all kind of have a little ownership on that. And it's because the paint, you know, the paint's three inches thick on these cars at this point. Oh, yeah. But the uh, what happened is, uh, you know, when somebody's listening to this podcast twenty years in the future, this isn't going to matter a whole hell of a lot. But what had happened is that the Trump supporters had gone and painted all of the Cadillacs red. Every single one of them was painted red. And then on the side of each Cadillac, they had written T on one R U M and spelled out Trump 2020. And so it was kind of like a bullshit thing. It's kind of like, you know, you're co-opting an art installation um, for your political, you know, for your political statement. Real classy, real classy. (laughs) It really stunk. And then of course, right there, um, right there by it. They've got a travel trailer, not really tra- yeah, a, a cargo trailer set up, about an 18 footer, 20 footer. And it's a guy selling, you know, uh, Chinese made <laughs> Trump, uh, Trump accoutrement. And the, uh, and it's just that kind of a thing. You're like, oh, man, you're just, you know, destroying this. And it's not a national landmark. It's, you know, it's on the register of, you know, interesting places. It's a roadside attraction. But just the same. I mean, this guy's setting up and he's doing business in a very, you know, in a shitty way. It's like, I'm sure he's not paying taxes. Down I'm sure he's not paying a permit fee because he's just literally mobile. But after all the years that this thing has been there, nobody's gotten the permits to set up a t-shirt stand. Nobody's gotten the permits to set up a spray paint selling booth or anything else. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this guy's set up and we, uh, the, the guy from Kentucky and his two kids were pretty, pretty sharp too. And they were like, um, kind of baited the guy in or kind of dragged, dragged him in, did a better job than I did, by the way, of feigning interest and, uh, got the guy, got the guy involved in a conversation and, when we were, um, I had a can of spray paint and I'd gone back and tagged some things. And uh, so he, I went to hand the can off and the guy was the guy who was at the trailer said, Oh, it's okay. And he, you know, you guys can paint whatever you want on there. Cause we're just going to paint it over every night. Anyway, That's we're just going to yeah. say, is this guy sitting there waiting for you? Go ahead, do what you want, but I'm going to exactly. touch it up. Is, really? he, is he intending on spending the next 33 days sitting there just doing this? I think so. And wow. then the other thing too, is he's, he's policing up all the, uh, paint cans so that nobody has anything with which to paint over the Trump 2020. So there's just like, they're going to a lot of trouble 
to make sure that they maintain control over this um, <laughs> this art installation. Wow. When it's over with, you'll be like, Dad, I have the black lung. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't think uh, I don't think there's any um, I don't think there's any real reason to believe that um, anybody that's in charge of anything there has given this guy the blessing to do it. You know, I mean, is anybody really in charge, or is it just it's just an installation that's left there? It's just an installation. It's just yeah. sitting out there next to the highway. Well, the, Has point, been for, the whole point you know, of the fifty years. Is- is that nobody's in charge, right? But yet yeah. this guy has tried to take charge. Yeah. Right. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for his own purposes. Yeah, he's appointed himself in charge of the area. In fact, he's telling people rules, you know, and that kind of thing. And it's like, no, nah, okay, just yeah. you know, and, just. And, and it doesn't matter who who he was for. It's just that it's just not the place for any political stuff at the end of the day. Yeah. Right. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think someone exactly. needs to spray paint his trailer. <laughs> yeah, well, this was this was the the one thing, the one idea that that um, the buddy the buddy from Kentucky had, and that I kind of agree with. We we're like, oh, well, you know, go back there and start painting it over extremely heavily, and then somebody call attention to the fact. Oh my God, yeah, that guy's just to, you know made took it from saying Trump to being like you know rump or whatever, made it stupid. Let him go over and respond and try to fix things, and then steal his fucking trailer. <laughs> <laughs> it was suggested that and he has a be, two and an eighth inch just, ball, Phil. And just make it up. Like <laughs> just make off with it. You know, no, you're going to steal it permanently. You're just going to relocate it. You know, yeah. just to improve the improve the property value a little bit. So, where are you yeah. heading? Where are you heading next on this uh, grand journey? So, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll out of here and I'm gonna head up to Zion. And so we'll go to Zion, which is pretty pretty rad. Um, here's an here's another uh, kind of a uh, kooky and fun thing um, that you might not know. Has anybody been to the Cadillac Ranch? If you have. You'll know that right next to it is a place called the like um, standard grade beef processing plant, and so the Cadillac Ranch smells like death and shit at the same time. Oh, wow. I mean, there is a slaughterhouse next door, meat processing, that has no less than three thousand head of cattle there at all times, and so. The fact that this guy's chosen to be there any longer than he needs to, <laughs> anybody who's been to the Cadillac Ranch will tell you it has a smell that you can hear. You're, you said, you're <laughs> saying it smells like a gut pow. It's awful. I mean, and it's strong. I mean, you really can't get used to it. Maybe you can, but I can't. Can't get used to it. And I was like, well, <laughs> like the advantage to that is just knowing that this guy has to smell that all fucking day <laughs> as he sells, you know, Chinese made hats and t shirts. Well, that's so, commitment. Flags. Yeah. So that's, that's his payoff. So, yeah, it's going to be, it's a, so far it's been a blast. I can tell you there are two motorcycles that I have seen in excess of, would anyone like to guess what the two particular brands or models of motorcycles I have seen? since starting this journey in the highest possible numbers gold wings no I, and and that's actually they're in the minority right now really? wow choppers yeah they're some kind no. of a chopper no big ass american baggers yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. big ass american baggers and moto california adventure bikes oh yeah adventure. okay BMW Adventure Bikes. This is it. This is the part of the world where they all are. Every single road I'm on, the the canyon roads, everything, the roads through, the roads from Phoenix up, you know, Highway 89. Highway 89 up to Jerome and on to Sedona. The sign, I wish I should have got a picture of it, said, dangerous curves and 
steep inclines <laughs> and they're not kidding i mean you would talk about like oh the dragons you know highway 129 is 411 turns and 18 miles or something this puts it to shame because it just never stops oh yeah 89 and, a is awesome. yeah 89a is awesome yeah it's 89a like, it's, but it's like you're doing you're, you're doing like 360s <laughs> wow. yeah absolutely or you, yeah. really you get dizzy <laughs> yeah and there were so many points where i know that i was at my suspension stops in a 4d 350 <laughs> and and it's just freaking it's fantastic it really is so i'm really looking forward to do this doing this trip next year in a thousand dollar car yeah. so because we are really gonna have to reassess the way that we're thinking about um doing it because the first day this would be day one day one is you know 200 miles of extremely technical road so you're and talking a thousand dollar car better have like $900 brakes on it. <laughs> Better have $900 brakes and $1,000 worth of tires and suspension because it's just freaking, and the elevation changes. You know, I started at 1,000 feet, was up to 6,000 feet, was back down to 1,000, and now I'm up to 6,000 again. Wow. You know? Chewing so gum it's is a, your friend. Oh, yeah. What's that? Chewing gum is your friend, so your ears don't pop. Oh, yeah. Chewing gum and, as we're, as I'm finding out right now, good air conditioning. So, I mean, I've recharged. <laughs> I had to recharge the AC in my van before I took off. And it is like, you know, the motor you need going up and down these hills, you don't don't come short of motor. I mean, because it is, but the Prius, I, that's been the thing is, like, every time I run into slow traffic, it's, it's a Prius in front. And, it, wow. you know, somebody needs to be kicking that Prius in the guts. And it is just very, it's very hard on a car. Christy Two or three overheated cars, yeah. <laughs> well, it seems yeah. like whenever you looked at all of the Craigslist ads for cars out that way, that yeah. head gaskets was a huge thing. Like, oh, yeah. Every, yeah. all the cheap cars need a head gasket. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough living out here on the elevation changes. And people do tend to drive pretty fast, so it's a... Uh, so, it's a very uh it's gonna be it'll be a hell of a challenge so today's day one how many days are you like what is your schedule and how long is it going to take that's what we're trying to figure out right now that's what i'm working on what i'm working on is figuring out is this an eight day tour or is this a 10 day tour like how long is this going to take no i've been meaning to ask that question like for a couple of weeks but i just keep going right Wait until he does the trip, then he can answer. He's not going to. Yeah, answer. that's it. Right. I can't answer it right well, I now. I expect, really can't. Like you uh, expect it to take ten days or eight days or whatever. Yeah, that's that's really what I'm thinking because you know here it is day one and day one I think is going to end up being from Phoenix to Flagstaff, which realistically should be three hours of driving, four hours of driving, but that's if you do it in a hurry to get there the fastest. But they're not that's not what this is about you know this is about having the adventure and seeing cool shit so realistically yeah leaving in leaving phoenix and spending an overnight flagstaff with a bonus tour of going to the grand canyon so maybe it's going to you know sleep in flagstaff but if you want to run off to the grand canyon and back that's going to be a three and a, you know, a three hour or three and a half hour bonus so if you get to destination one if you get to flagstaff quick then you can you know, fuck off to the Grand Canyon while other people are replacing bulbs and weights and tie rod ends and shit like that <laughs> in the parking lot. Yeah. So, so maybe that's another reason you want to buy, like, say, uh, Impala. Yeah. Because then you can get yeah. those parts. American-made is not a bad strategy. Or stock up right. before you go. 
<laughs> yeah, and real and like when we think about the people that like to do these events, some of them like to, you know, fly in and buy a car and then make that car work. Right. Uh, boy, you're asking a lot of a thousand dollar car or a two thousand dollar car. So Nick's been working on his Spitfire, his Triumph, it's a Fiat. <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah, it's not. It's not a triumph. It's a Fiat. No, it's no. one step below. You've insulted. You've insulted our Italian collar. Right? I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's so. I mean, it is really. I mean, that's what's the funny thing is when I look at the cars that are broken down on the side of the road. I'm like, oh well, that's a six thousand dollar car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we're in trouble. We're coming through a thousand dollar cars, two thousand dollar cars. This is not going to end well. This is not going to be pretty. That's yeah, cool. But, I think the first thing you want to do if you're if you're doing it at this time of year is pull your thermostat. Pull the thermostat. Yeah, um, and you know, do a super like a lot of what they do for motorcycles for Paris to Dakar and stuff is like a super large overflow tank. So your catch right. tank, like double yeah. the size of that, put like a huge catch tank. So if you do overflow. You keep all your coolant, and then when it cools down, it'll all suck back in, you know? Mm. Oh, that's a really good idea. Yeah. Uh, that's, thing- a, that's, a, that's a really, really good idea. I mean, I a car lost its guts, uh, overheated, going into Jerome. And the roads into Jerome, you're like, wow, this just couldn't get any more impossible. There's no way this could get tougher. And then you get to Jerome Actual. And you realize there's places where you have to stop and back up a little bit to make the turn oh through God. the town. Yikes. Wow. That's, so, that's crazy. Yeah, very cool. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, this is, you know, this is a really good thing that I'm doing a recon run and couldn't be a better time for it. Excellent. So, Did you have any opportunity? I mean, have you had a chance to look at any motorcycles to buy or just had your hands too full doing what you're doing right now to even really you know spend the, a lot of time? The, the prices are so high and so the stuff that's listed is super duper expensive and then not only is the stuff that's listed super expensive you know the average facebook marketplace user and craigslist user they're just pathetic they're just hard to work with Mm -hmm. and that's what i'm dealing with mostly mostly it's like you know i'm reaching out to people if i do see a bike that i think i want or i think a bike that i think i can negotiate on and get it to my price then getting the guy to respond that's the you know, thing. I can imagine, like, yeah, like, by the time you talk with them and they get back to yeah. you, you're already a hundred miles yeah. out of the way. Like, like when you actually oh, get exactly. somebody and you're like, "Hey, I'd like to look at this right now." The guy's like, "Well, I yeah. can do like seven thirty tonight." You're like, "No, dude. Like right now, I'm on a fucking twenty eight thousand miles trip." Yeah, right. I need- yeah, I've I've been telling people. I've been like, "Okay, well, I I looked at some bikes. I called ahead to talk to some guys about looking at bikes in Oklahoma. So you know, I get to get in touch with them a day early, two days early." And then they're like, oh, well, you know, tomorrow at four is not good for me. And I'm like, well, that's when I'm going to be there. So right. you're either in or you're out. And that's what's funny is these guys I'm sending messages to, I'm like, yeah, well, if you want to sell the thing, you want, you know, right. I've got cash in hand, right. just be there. Oh, I don't know. It's kind of a pain in the butt. I'm like, okay, cool. That's no problem. We'll see you now. Bye. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's been, that's, uh, yeah, I haven't found anything yet that I've been like, yeah, I definitely need to buy that at this point. Um, it's it's been absurd. It's it's an impossible number of KLRs. Uh, that's that's the thing. It's apparently that's the currency out here is KLRs. So the when you're looking at bikes, is there going to be like so like around here? You're looking for corrosion. You're looking for rust. You're looking for all that out there. Obviously, there probably isn't a lot of that. But then there's what? There's overheating. There's head gaskets. What like what? Yeah, else? there's there's. There's, I think a lot of, and a lot of the stuff I've looked at, a lot of it's stuff like, you know, oh, motor rebuilt last year, or 
We've been putting rails on since the motor rebuilt. And I'm like, that's something you definitely don't want to hear. You know? <laughs> it's like, the worst thing you could ever hear when trying to buy a bike is anyone that says, it's only got 20 miles on it since the motor was rebuilt. Right. That is the kiss of death. I mean, that is, that means somebody rebuilt it, they did it wrong, and it still has problems. Yeah. And <laughs> now they're getting rid of it. Right. And Fine. <laughs> they're just trying to punt it right or yeah, they rebuilt it and they know they made a mistake as far as when i'm looking at a bike anytime it's like you know it had a recent motor overhaul or had anything like that out here people put tons of miles on bikes and there's so many opportunities to just put a bike you know point a bike west and just crush the throttle yeah. and wait for all the oil to dry up you know right. the uh this is this is the land of running a bike out of oil is not even a big deal, you know? Yeah. So it's really, uh, that's one of the things that I guess if I were to, you know, looking for a bike out here, I've seen a lot of stuff that's like, you know, oh, you know, 20,000 miles. Oh, but it just had the motor rebuilt. I'm like, oh, that's not what I want to hear. Dude, you know? they split the cases and at the end had an extra washer. He's like, time to sell it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Well, and nobody knows. I don't think, nobody... yeah, I don't think that. And seeing a bike too out here, I've looked at a, a you know a bunch of them, kind of trying to chase them down. But I'm looking at bikes that have fifty and sixty thousand miles on them. And I did uh, kind of looked at some of the bikes that were in Phoenix. Yeah, that shit. Those bikes get bleached out. The plastics on those bikes are brittle yeah. oh, because yeah. you know it's that freaking hot, and there's that much sunshine, there's that much radiant energy. So yeah, there there's there's a good example of. You got to be stupid careful. The idea of me buying a bike, I've got the Versa Hall on the back of the van right now. Um, I I will buy something if, if it strikes my fancy. But every night, once the sun goes down and I'm laying down for bed, I'm looking at uh, Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace and stuff, just not seeing anything that I want to get my, that I want to take ownership of and throw on the back of my van yet. Dude, as a reminder, go on Adventure Rider. And look at their their thing. All those guys are West Coast. Oh yeah, that's right. You know, I hadn't even thought about that. Maybe I'll give that a pass tonight. Take yeah. a look at that. And see yeah. what's up. Yeah. yeah. The uh, what's funny is first two nights. So the first two nights, uh, Oklahoma City, and uh, my first night in Flagstaff, I slept in the van both nights. And then because I knew I was going to be in Phoenix last night, I got a hotel room. And that's that's the way to do it. Two nights in the van, and then. You, then you pop into the hotel room for the third night, so you can clean all your stuff, clean your socks, clean your underwear. You know. Yeah, you don't. You can roll the. Or you you can roll the windows up if you need to at that point. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Now, as you go north, though, I mean that's going to change, right? Yes, absolutely. And we've already heard reports of snow and stuff out west, so you could even yeah. run into a shit show. Yeah, and that's true. And uh, there's, I mean, there's a lot of places where it's, you know, even though it's 90 degrees in the daytime, it's 40 degrees at night. Mm -hmm. So, Watch you know, that's, back with the that's not shocking. <laughs> He'll buy himself a snowmobile. Sleepy said you're coming back with a snowmobile. Yeah. I you're right. Exactly. Just put that on the back. Well, you do know the news story that everyone should be talking about is that Zero has joined forces with Polaris. <laughs> we opened we our touched on that, We touched on that lightly, but we kind of wanted to save it for you because, yeah. you know, like we knew you'd have some good information on it. Yep. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. I mean, now it's not financial. It's not like 
Polaris and Kiro are. We already you know, postulated that you probably will not be selling many snowmobile machines. Right. No, no, but I would, I would like to be able to, you know, to be able to have a motorcycle that you can turn into a snow machine, or a snow machine you can turn into a motorcycle. Oh yeah, or a jet ski you could turn into a motorcycle. A motorcycle you turn into a jet ski. And have it all powered by that sweet, sweet 140 torque motor. So you mean there's some talk that it's going to be a modular platform like that? No, no, oh, okay. pure fantasy on my part. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Completely bullshit made up fantasy. <laughs> Not based in actual information whatsoever. It's going yeah. to be in, in 25 different like breaking news things uh, as soon as right. the podcast release. Right. Phil from Cold oh, Waters, yeah. 25 yeah. years experience, has inside information. Man. The Oracle of Cleveland has spoken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. No, that's going to be a combination of hybrid jet ski and motorcycle. It's going to be released by Zero for 2021. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. It'll be like oh. a Gravely. You just have you have the power unit and you just slide it into whatever attachment <laughs> you want. Yes, that's perfect. That, no, that's oh something God. I can get behind. Dude, that's, that's something that needs to happen. So you're, you're saying you can get behind sliding it into anything you want? <laughs> yeah, sliding anything I want. That's the only way. You guys, yeah. just, gave me an, you guys just gave me an idea for my next million dollar idea, and that is sex toys with one drive unit that you can just pop yes. in between all there the you go. toys. I think yeah. that's called the Hitachi Magic Wand, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Uh, and you should then know when you're done Google Capsule. If you can Google Capsella, Capsella. Um, that was a toy that could be anything you wanted it to be, but it had one power unit. Oh, um, I'm always late. Well, I'm go. always late with my ideas, man. Yeah, well, it's okay. It was like 1984. Oh, so the, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so Capsella was a was a cool toy. You could make, like, boats, and all, but it was all the ideas. These were <laughs> capsules that were modular, and you'd hook them together, and mm-hmm. power would go every which way. Okay, all right. Yeah, super cool. Yeah. So we were talking also a little bit about Indian and where Indian, you know, because, you know, the Polaris thing and... Indian yep. and Indian motorcycles and how they're doing. One of the things, uh, uh, Steve looked up their stock price, and India is is actually Indian is actually doing fairly well. Polaris, they're doing very well as yeah. a company, yeah, as compared to Harley Davidson's down thirty two percent. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And, they, and they cut their Indian manufacturing and all the other stuff too. Well, Harley didn't have thirty two percent to give. Right. They just didn't. I mean, they didn't have thirty two percent to give up. So you, you know, you can only report. This year he lost 25%. Last year he lost 32%. The year before that, he lost 34%. The year before that, he lost 31%. Wait, that's more percentages than there are. You know? Well, do you, you know? think this is a direct result when they did that weird stock split? Like, I mean, yeah. that I think, you know, like it was kind of a fake thing. Like it made them look yeah. on paper, but there was no capital behind it. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Totally agree. Yep. All right, cool. Yeah, that's that's a real that's a real good way. Like I'm just oh I'm just finding out there's no access to Highway 89. Oh boy. <laughs> so the road I wanted to take, the scenic, scenic road that, that goes out to leaves here and goes out to Highway 89. Well, right now it's closed. So that's uh, that's why you do the recon. Just for the yeah. uh, the, the my benefit oh. maybe and some others. Tell us a little bit about the food. Have you gotten any hit any good joints? Yeah, I've been I've been local, so that's the whole thing. Is uh, once you get out here, you know, just avoid the fast food completely. Just be local. Oh, we're losing you a little bit, Phil. Yeah. We got no no signal. Are you back? Oh, uh oh, we may have lost. We our, may have lost Captain Phil. Our humble narrator. Says he's still on. I thought it was on fire. So okay, okay you're, you're, right. you're back. I, uh oh! I thought it was Guido Sarducci. Guido's father, Guido <laughs> Sarducci. 
You're breaking up a little bit. Yeah, I think you're in a spot of no cell service, man. Cinch, you need ice? Yeah, I'll take it on. Well, I think uh, Phil isn't... He's still on, but we don't Well, he might hear us, so let's just uh, trudge on. Yeah, we'll trudge uh, on. Hopefully he comes Phil, back. Phil, if we hear you talking, so. we'll we'll know that Hit you're there. Ice. Oh, oh, oh that was it. Uh, goodbye. goodbye. All right, well, Captain, Captain Phil is gone. Well, that's, so, good. that's good. It sounds like he's having fun and hasn't had any mechanicals yet. Yes. Right. Yep. That's that always is, a big thing. That's where I wanted to move so badly, but my wife can't take the heat. Right. But 89A in Sedona, uh, like a few years ago, they offered me a job as a superintendent of wastewater in Sedona. Ooh, wow. <laughs> but... Uh, as everybody knows, as, that's some as fancy Dan shit knows, right there. You get to a point where you have your golden handcuffs, and you can't leave. You're too close to retirement <laughs> to be able to leave because you lose your entire retirement. Right. So, sure. yeah. so you can't move your uh, Ohio public pension out to Sonoma. No, I wish okay. I could because yeah. it would have been nice. Sure. Motherfucker. You know, <laughs> but you know what? You're in a position where pretty soon you will be able to retire. So November, maybe something like wow. that works out. Kit stays here, and you move out to Sedona. Can't live without Kit. No. Uh, Cannot live without her. For anybody that doesn't know Steve personally, um, he considers his wife his best friend. And there are nights when he just wants to get home so he can spend some time with his wife. And it's really a beautiful thing. Yeah. No, it's so, good. Uh, grumpy Sorgay. A happy, heartwarming Sorgay. He might be grumpy to tell. You might know him as Grumpy Sorgay to everybody else, but. I hate everybody equally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if he's grumpy, it's because he's not with her. It's because he's not with Kit, probably. Yep. So, big news. Uh, Dan, you <coughs> sent it, and then after you sent it, I got the email, too. The IMS shows are going to be outdoors next year. Yeah. So, the IX Center closes. We're not going to have an indoor IMS show, but now they're going to do them outside with ride demos, outdoor demos, outdoor bike Viewings. How is this going to work? How is this what month? Right. I was well, going to say, how is this going to work if it's in January? <laughs> obviously, obviously, they're going to be changing the schedule right. of the shows. And then I wonder how that's going to affect the AIM show because obviously that's kind of what they do. Well, the real yeah. question is, where is it going to be here? If, it, if it's even still going to be in Cleveland, we don't know that yet. Well, all they need is a big parking lot, right? right. I mean, the parking lot. I mean, okay, so everybody goes to the, <laughs> the IX Center, Center but you don't go in the building. <laughs> yeah. You just hang out in the parking lot. lot. It turns into like a good dead show. But where do they <laughs> where what are, just I think out? ideally it would be someplace where we could just turn it into another Mid-Ohio Vintage right. Days, right? There you go. <laughs> Honestly, well, they're kind of stupid that for would not be just... stupid fun. If they <laughs> would just incorporate with Mid-Ohio... Because they kind of... They have the demos and they have the stuff there. You know, they can make that the IMS show. I mean, Mid-Ohio didn't happen and isn't going to happen no matter what anybody says. Right. So... Right. What you know, mean, next year? You don't think it's going to Well, this year... Probably not. Not this year, but next year. I'm going to predict it's happen. not... I'm but, you know, it all depends on where you stand right. with the COVID and what's going to happen with that. Right. And, yeah. You know, uh, are we going to get a vaccine? Are we not going to get a vaccine? Even if we get a vaccine, they're talking two-thirds of people aren't going to take the vaccine. And, right. you know, now, but at the same time, here we sit. Most states, including our own, they're opening everything up like it's well, like I, it's over with. But uh. <laughs> Yeah, but I think it's coming back. But I think it is over with. Mid-Ohio Mid -Ohio has been open for racing and stuff, but they've kept it to racers only and, like, family members and stuff. And they, they allowed, like... I had a friend who went down there. He, he races cars. And yeah. he was, you know, live, you know, YouTube or live Facebook from Mid-Ohio. And they were racing cars and they were out in fields. But the population density for something like that is... Not even close to what. Well, that's right. just have to limit the, the well, number of. That's what I'm thinking because, like, like, as much as we enjoy going down there, there's actually five different forms of racing going on. So if they just limited it to the racers, they'd still have 
1,200 or 1,500 people probably, yeah. and they can space that out over the whole place and not have, you know. Or have a, a camping space between every camping space. Right, right. I right. don't even know if you'd need that, but, I mean, you know, everybody's going to have to stick to their camping. It's the choke points. You just don't want large groups yeah, of people right. anywhere. Yeah, maybe so, they have to make everything one way. You know, shut like down you the grandstands. Nobody's going to be sitting in the grandstands all huddled together. Right. right. But, you know, you could space yourself, at, you know. It could be along the fence. Yes. I oh, mean, but also no there, there would just have to be there's more. There's probably 30 miles of fence line that you could stand there around. There would just have to be more cleaning in general for all the porta-potties, for all the, that, the That's the almost like you concessions want self-contained. Self that's I mean, not going to happen. Yeah. One in, <laughs> no, one, no. Have one, in one out porta-potty. Like, like, yeah, oh, God. I'll be buying one of those Home Depot toilet seats that you stick on a five-gallon bucket. <laughs> no showers, no really stinkier than usual. <laughs> right. If it happens, I have an RV and I have a toilet. And yeah, I, have, yeah. I, I, I could do it. You know. You know the truth is, there's no reason you can't use a public toilet and just use hand sanitizer afterwards and be pretty much as safe as you were before COVID. I mean, have yeah. a you know if it's a decent toilet and has ventilation and it's aired out. Okay. Maybe, you know what I mean. You wash your hands when you go leave. You don't touch your face. You. You know, but think I know about this. But think about this. Think about can Ohio. you get uh, can you get COVID from shit steam? That's a good right. That's a good <laughs> no, but think about this at, at Mid Ohio, especially. But any event depends on how strong the steam. Seven a.m. to like three p.m. will be fairly safe, mm. and then three p.m. to like midnight when people are just hammered and they forget about everything. Well, that's yeah. what happened here in Ohio. They closed the bars down at ten because right. stupid. Everything that you know, everything went. To the wayside after ten o'clock, and you know, right. every, you know like, show yeah. Up. But the problem now is that if the old guys drink early, and now all the kids are coming in early and crowding the bars when the old people were in there, like the regulars, well, you know, whatever. You come in after work. It might sound harsh, but I'm willing to sacrifice the young people who are much less accessible. I mean, what am I? You know, I said three months ago in March, or you know, I was like the first people back would be the twenty to thirty year olds, and then I'd probably roll out like the thirty to forty year olds because. Yeah. Their likelihood of survival and that they get, you know, it's very, very small. And if they went out and socialized and got it, and then that would be part of if we'll like ever, if we'll ever, you know, be able to achieve a herd immunity. But if they got it out of their systems, then it might help stop it a little bit, you know, yeah, like, who knows? but we also, but there's still, again, so much stuff. We don't know about it. We don't know if you can get it again. We don't yeah, know this. Right. We don't know that. So it's still very much. And like, and they there is no you. veracity to those comments. Right. No. And the thing is, is, there's so many different opinions and so many variations. And like, but you don't know if it's going to mutate too. That's what they're saying. Something that'll kill everybody. Yep. They're starting to say it's mutating already. And it's, I mean, this is just crazy. Well, I I texted some of my friends, and I'm like. How long is that pizza guy going to sit there? My own personal belief is that there's no, get yeah. <laughs> there's not going to be a beating the coronavirus. There's going to be going, going adapting to, uh, to the coronavirus. It's going to be like the flu. It's going to eventually, not, I'm not trying to diminish what it is, but I'm saying like it's going to be like the flu where you have to go get your flu shot, you have to do whatever. And uh, even, what, even with the down, flu, down to the last year, 57,000 people right. got it You're with the, the vaccine. Take, take, so right. Right. so what do we think the chances are of mid-Ohio happening next year? Maybe 50-50? I don't know. If it happens, I probably would go just because I got to live my life. I well, give it up yeah, for one right, year, but I'm going to just be smart. You know what I mean? Just, you know, I'm not going yeah. and I'm not getting into the mud pit and hugging people and doing whatever. Would you guys wear a mask? Until after three. I, I, I wouldn't wear a mask anytime I left my campsite. Anytime yeah. I was yeah. had to be within yeah. more than six feet of somebody else, I would try to do that. But here's would, the thing. I, you, I wish mask technology was getting a little better. I mean, like, you should have, like, the perfect, like, portable area. Well, you know, the, the history like that, is kind of shown, though, that 
viruses mutate into less deadly forms right. Right, when they first cross species line because the virus propagates itself better if the host doesn't die right away. Absolutely. Plus, we've gotten really good at isolating the people who have it, so that should speed that process up in theory. And Whether it doesn't practice is a different question. And if you think about the last couple of years when we all went together, like we pretty much hung out with each other, except for like you know the, the occasional right. talking to some old man or you know. Yeah, if you don't go down to the burnout pit where there's fucking a hundred people all packed right. together, you yeah. might be all right. Right. Yeah. The disco. I, I feel. I really also feel that the the vaccine's one small part of it. It's not the biggest part of it. Is the actual treating people who get sick, and the better we get at that, and we've already gotten better at that. Mm-hmm. We've learned that you know, for a lot of people, a ventilator's not the right way to go. That that was actually causing some problems. That you know, my buddy's an ICU nurse. He's like, no, we just dose them with a lot of oxygen now. But in America, we kind of we did the ventilator thing really hard, and that made it worse for some people because we wanted to put them on the ventilator to contain the disease so that they weren't exhaling and spreading it to the entire unit. Whereas it's actually better. If you go back and look at like the, the Spanish flu, the best thing they did was did outdoor treatments. When they moved, when they got overloaded to where they had to go out in the tents, the people who recovered yeah, recovered yeah, way better. The transmission lines were way better because it was open open air. Right. Yeah. So the worst thing and now but you know, but then I also read an article about, you know, here we go. We're going into an Ohio winter. And what is going to happen now yeah. when people have to, you know, can't go Stay outside, outside. No, you can't open D, your windows, you can't, that. you can't have a bar with the, the windows and everything open and stuff like that. And we could be looking at a big problem. No, but they said that vitamin D is the biggest factor in contracting it initially and also having a severe form of it. So if, no, no, they do it. It's scientific studies. I mean, they said 60% of the people that had Severe, or actually got it and had a severe form of it, were very low in vitamin D. You may be manufacturing your equipment. There are all no, types not. of studies. I'm I just not. read a study that I, said that if you had Neanderthal genes, that, <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. it made it worse. Do you want to go white? <laughs> well, I'm going to die then because my uh, 23andMe says I've got like more Neanderthal genes than like 70% of the population. <laughs> oh <my laughs> they're, they're, they're saying that's a risk, risk factor that people have oh, that no. have a high level, you know. It was nice knowing you, Dan. But, you know, I'm pretty well, sure that really. the biggest risk factor, no matter what they find out, is still going to be stupidity. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, if you put yourself in a situation that you get it. Yep. Yeah. You know, you just don't know what the situation is. I've gotten the flu. You've gotten the flu. Do you know exactly where you got it from? Do you, yeah. You know, I mean, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Well, so I read something interesting today saying that um, uh, one of the early contact tracing studies shows that 60, 60% of the cases come from just like 7% of the people who had the disease. They say they're, like they're, su- they're super, super spreaders. Super spreaders yeah. are real. Wow. Yeah. Like the one person Super who gets That's what you always look for when you're in uh, college. Stay Super away from spreader. that loudmouth asshole who's spitting all over you. <laughs> I, I have a guy at work that's super, like, he's, he was germophobic before this all started. So he's, like, losing his mind right now. And we did have to do some work, and, and he, he got chosen to go to it. So he drove instead of flying. And, like, he's, like, when he comes in the office, he's got a mask on and eyeglasses and a shield. And he's, like, nuts about it, right? And I guess he walked into a gas station because the card reader wasn't working. And he's in line. And he said, here's a guy behind him. 
do you guys have uh, small packets of uh, aspirin or Tylenol or anything? He looks, and this dude is just sweating profusely and oh saying that he's nauseous and that all his He was just like, I gotta get out of here. He said he threw the money at the teller and just left the fucking gas station. Well, you know, going into cold and flu season, what's going to happen when I get the flu? I know, you're going to They're going to tell me I got to stay home from work for 14 days. No, you're going to get tested. I'm going to have to get tested. I'm going to have to be symptom-free for, you know, like, what happens when I get the cold? Am I going to know if I got the cold or I got the COVID? The rock stars and all these other people and NFL people and all these other guys, their test is turning around in like 24 hours or eight hours, some ridiculous amount of time. Yeah. It's only going to be a matter of time before they have that. Yeah, they have a 15-minute test. 15, okay, yeah. Actually, my girlfriend in high school, my yeah. girlfriend in high school, she works for Abbott Laboratories. Come on, let's go. Abbott Laboratories has a five-minute COVID test. Wow. wow. And But know, how much are they each? Five well, it's, you know, you don't pay for How bad do you want one? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true. What? Not to change the subject or anything, but well, I also sure. heard that the <laughs> AIM Expo has been postponed for the second time. Yeah. Which? AIM. Yeah. The, no, AIM the AIM Expo, Expo. Okay. has been postponed. It was going to be in January. Now they they haven't given a date. They well, po- they postponed it again. And technically, uh, you know, Mid Ohio is postponed too. But that's just mainly <laughs> right. because they don't want to give back the money. You know, right? Yeah, a lot yeah. of people have already had already paid. I mean, the way that works. I mean, people a year ahead of time have paid their money. Right. So at what point do you <sighs> take the hit and say, hey, you know? Uh, you're either going to be screwing all those people and just say, sorry, you're not getting your money back or we go out of business and this never exists again. Or, you know, I don't know. Or keep the money. Everybody talks about 2020 being a shit show. I guarantee you 2021 is going to be the real shit show. Because every time you hear about a restaurant going out of business or a business, you know, any business going out of business, that's not just the person who owned the place getting fucked over. That's all the employees just got unemployed. Everybody, I mean, it's 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 a rough game out there right now. So, did you guys hear about Colorado at all? CDOT, Colorado's Department of Transportation. No, they they've started the face. <laughs> they, they've started um, a program to try to convince people to wear gear. So, at all the motorcycle shops and motorcycle gathering places. They've created and spray painted the human cheese on, grater on. on the floor. Right, good. And so they literally like painted like giant cheese graters saying like if you don't wear your gear, uh, you'll you'll be cheese grated. Yeah. What is that? It's a human cheese grater that painting on the ground. So they're doing it at all the motorcycle dealerships and stuff in Colorado. So like when you go there and you're buying a motorcycle, that'll leave a mark. They they want you to like get a helmet, get a jacket. Oh, get gloves, okay, I get and it. And they're saying that like you know if you don't wear the stuff, your the pavement is basically a human cheese grate. Don't I dress for the ride, dress for, dress the, for slide. the slide, right? Right. Or dress for the great. Dress. Um, don't dress, <laughs> dress great. Dress for the greater. I don't. I don't know how much a jacket's gonna protect against a cheese grater. Well, but, but they're just saying general. I know. Thing. I know. Yeah. Right. Well, it's easy now. If you look at some of the highways here where they grind them down, they're resurfacing 90 right now. So they yeah. so they grind it down, and now it literally is a cheese grater. Is Chris Smith puking? No, no, no. Chris Smith is pissing. Oh, oh, okay. oh I see. I we see. thought, we thought you got bus. hammered. We wrong, saw the bottle. Wrong, wrong orifice. <laughs>
So Chris Smith is literally uh, risking him getting a sexual offender charge yeah. right. for peeing it. Well, I guess it's not in public. He's on private land, yeah. so he's good to go. He's probably already got a sexual offender charge. Yeah, he's on the registry. He's already on the registry. He doesn't care. Brian Peppers and then Chris Smith right next to each other. I'll be right back. Okay. Oh God, Mr. Smith ordered some pizzas. All right, oh, that's, that's, and I'm told that I have to go with him because he doesn't know where he's going. Oh, yeah, fuck. <laughs> you mean so we're supposed to try to keep this thing lit without a couple of our star flares? Oh, I know. Well, that's all right, well, we, we might can, struggle. I'm gonna. We can take. Um, I'm gonna five. lean on my good friend here to my left. Uh, I have a topic. Yeah, um, um, and it's not necessarily motorcycle related, but I don't okay. think it really needs to be because this is not a podcast. Not a cast. Um, but. Moving forward, and I'm not saying next year, but maybe the year after, when when things start to get back to normal, yeah. what what are, what are you guys most looking forward to? What am I going to do that I haven't been able to do now? Well, I basically, I mean, just taking a vacation because yeah. I, my strategy has been to not take any of my vacation this year. Mm-hmm. I get another week next year, and I'm going to try to roll a week. So, so I you can have, combine, you you can roll them. I can roll at least one week or uh, and yeah, see, so I can't. I'm hoping to have four solid weeks of vacation. Ooh, so yeah. I would like to take one of those solid weeks of vacation and do something epic. So yeah. and, and I will be. I mean, <clears throat> one's going to be a family vacation with my wife and child right, and everything. Uh, so that'll be epic. Another, you know, the rest of them are going to be spread out and just trying to hit anything I can. That I think I can do safely with, you know, anytime my friend has a, a party out at Block Island or a this or a that, just trying to get out get there and do yeah. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. See, I started the run. But I would really like to take, like, uh, some solid, either a solo or a group adventure, you know, either out west or something like that, do like a moto journey or something like, like that. Like an 89 Grand Caravan? An 89 Grand yeah. Caravan or something yeah. like that. I just don't have even that much. Yeah, I could maybe technically do it, but I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it would have hard. to be low budget. It would have right. to be because I, if I'm not taking my whole family, I'm not going long cool. and spending five thousand dollars. I didn't go to Isle of Man when those guys went. Right. Even though my my wife was like, "Hey, you know what? That could be your fiftieth birthday party two years early. If you want to do it, do it." But I just couldn't see spending. Yeah, that's a lot of loot. That big chunk of loot just for myself. Yeah. yeah. You know, I started to feel pretty bad because you know I'm hearing about all these stories about people really getting depressed about COVID and they're missing all this stuff. I'm like. My life has changed almost zero, except yeah. for going to like mid Ohio and things like that. Like I, I, I ride on the weekends, kind of you know, with you guys or by myself. I go to work mm-hmm. and I work on the hot. Like that's it. Like nothing's changed. Like you know, we have fires in the backyard, which yeah. we were doing beforehand. And like, oh, I love staying. I really don't too. have a big problem with doing projects at home. We've got plenty of stuff we can do in our little yeah. world. Yeah. I have my mother in law living there, which is a super huge challenge and everything. So. I mean, you mean a super a super wonderful pleasure, right? Is that what you mean? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Grandma, it's a mixed bag. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, I'm sure. But that's, I mean, my wife's locked down because you know, we can't really do much as a family because we can't take her anywhere where we go. Right, so we're right. stuck at home no matter what we like. I've chalked this up to a black summer. This is black summer. Yeah. Just forget it. Don't even try. Just try. write it off. Yeah. What, what about you, Dan? Kind of the same as uh, Sleepy. I mean, I'm probably going out to breweries maybe 50 to 60% less. Yeah. The biggest Which is amazing because on- you've been going to yeah, breweries. Right, right. right now, you're going to a brewery. Three times I mean, a week at least. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, right now, maybe twice a week, but it only been about once a week through most of the summer. Okay. And it, I was probably three times a week. Hold on, hold on. Wait, three, wait, four wait, times wait, a week before. Wait, oh, boy. 
You know, I, I, you, you, guys, you guys think I post every time I go to a brewery on Facebook? I mean, people wouldn't fucking know I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> no, the biggest impact on me, though, has been travel, obviously. I mean, yeah. We had a trip to Portugal and Italy for a couple of weeks planned for this year. Portugal, the man. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. That's a bad, that was a bad, bad, bad joke, bad joke. Moving right along. Yeah, I have no desire to fly on a plane anytime soon. And I know right. you you have to sometimes. For I work, did. I well, so far once. I've kind of turned down. Like they were like, "Would you mind?" I'm like, "I really don't want to." But when we went to Philadelphia, honestly, and this was kind of like in the heat of it, we, there was like seven people on the airplane. Like me and my boss sat in our own row with a seat between us. There was like hand sanitizer ever. They were spraying everything. Uh, they are, unfortunately, nobody told us that there's no food anywhere because everything's closed down. So if you didn't bring food with you to the airport, you're not eating all day long. Maybe like a pack of peanuts from like a thing or something. Oh, interesting. But um, but I, honestly, I felt really safe. Like, and that was maybe that was a few months ago. I don't know if people are getting lax now and it's more crowded. But it was like it was the most safe I've ever felt on an airplane. Like I really felt like I wasn't going to get sick. You know, mm-hmm. obviously we didn't, so it was cool. And I, then the hotel. I think they are packing the. the I think they're starting. To, I think they're starting yeah. to pile them in. Um, but another thing was the hotels. So like our hotel when we got to Philly, um, it was sanitized with a sticker on the door that said this room has been sanitized and sealed. Mm-hmm. And so when you are in it, you know, obviously you broke the seal. Right. But then after you leave, they can't rent the room for 48 hours. They have to disinfect wow. the whole thing, spray it down, and then that room has to stay vacant for 48 hours That's to let all the things. So, I mean, if you have to travel, I mean, I'd rather drive personally right now because I think air travel has picked picked up quite a bit. Right. It's and, not it's not nearly as cheap as right. it was. And I think. I, I think, mean, if you look at what airlines were doing before all this, they were packing in like oh. cattle and trying to maximize every dollar and everything. Now, well, they were they were overbooking everything. They're overbooking yeah. everything. Now that they're hurting, they, they, they're they're going to try to find out anyway. They ha- yeah. really have to pinch the penny now. There's going to have be seating on the wings. There's going to be seating under open in, air in the landing gear bays. And you know they could solve this just by dropping the oxygen masks, like for the <laughs> yeah. whole flight. You pop it on right. and you just breathe the oxygen. Unpressurized cabin. <laughs> well, going into uh, winter here, you know that's going to impact me going out because I've mostly been doing outdoor yeah. seating yeah. and yeah. very little indoor. So it's going to be a lot harder on me, I think. And I, I'm really wondering what's going to happen in the U.S. as we go into winter here. I feel like people are, gonna, you know, where I would invest in. You know, when you go, I don't know if you guys ski much, but at a ski lodge, they have heated benches and stuff like that. Yeah. So you can still be outside. And I feel like investing right now in those outdoor patio heaters and shit like that. Yeah, definitely. Well, I know Fatheads North Olmsted already has the patio heater set up. But, you know. There was there was a restaurant that I went to once in Detroit that uh, basically it was in the winter, but they had these igloos outside. But they, they weren't igloos. They were just like plastic domes. But they had he- heaters inside and yeah. stuff like that. And they had probably 10 of them. And it's like stuff like that, I think, is what a lot of people. That's could interesting. Do I, I can see that. Yeah. I would have a raging outdoor fire where people yep. could, you know, absolutely get warm but not be too glowing. Yep. I don't you know, know what you do. But. One of the things I missed, like back when I was in shape, I used to race bicycles. I had, uh, I had a group called the Proper Gentleman Sunday Cycling Club. And, and we rode no matter what every Sunday at 6 a.m., no matter wow. what, all year long. And so occasionally in the winter, it would be like, you know, four degrees outside with eight inches of fresh snow. Mm. And we'd meet at like one of the metro parks and just go on the towpath or something like that. On a road bike? I don't know, a cycle cross bike or, or a mountain bike or something through? like that. Yeah. Chris Smith is but, um, graciously brought some pizzas. Thank nice. you, sir. 
but um, that being outside at that time of day and that cold was yeah. kind of really beautiful, man. It was like yeah. really, like really awesome. So I imagine yeah. I'm gonna try to. That do was some a really stuff. good time to invest in a good snowsuit, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Get a headlamp, get a snowsuit, and just like. Well, you know, yeah, Chris just grabs the mic and moves it like it's like no big deal for some pizza. I remember a couple years ago when I would like more important snow. The pizza or the mic. I would well, I would be shoveling snow like to the listeners late at night like eleven that, o'clock or, or midnight. goes on the and uh, just right, be in like all that. the proper clothing and just be warm and just be content with where I'm at and it's totally silent. Yeah, and it's really peaceful. It is. It's really nice. You're Are you covering up the? Oh, it's right there. No, he moved it. He just grabbed <laughs> it, moved <laughs> the mic. He's like, "Fuck <laughs> the mic. I don't care. You guys can all suck a dick." Is that well, is that the one where you're gonna put all that stuff on? Yeah. What Wait. are you what are you putting on there? Lettuce. What? Let me get a piece before you ruin it with all that rabbit food. Taco pizza. Oh, okay. <laughs> Everybody eat until your shit comes out. Gee, look at the time, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Some would argue that my shit has already come out. Yeah. yeah well uh, yeah. yeah. John's new sponsor, Charmin, is really exciting. <laughs> so we're going to give a, a shout out to Dewey's Pizza here in Lakewood. Uh, hand tossed. Really delicious pizza. Uh, we're having a taco pizza and looks like a pepperoni and sausage. Right. We're open. But yeah. So as everybody's just mowing down. Is this like an intermission? Like, should we just we, that'll be the, one of the first times we so where's the napkins <laughs> I'll I'll, I'll alright what, what about what about you guys um, I asked in next year or the year after when, whenever we get back to quote normal what are you what are you what are you most looking forward to and they're arguing about something they're busy they're busy yeah. with pizza I just hope mid-Ohio happens that's all I can yeah, say <laughs> me too <laughs> Mid Ohio, that would be great if Mid Ohio can come back next year somehow. Band camp, some of the, just the fun things, you know, like the fun scooter yeah. things and motorcycle things. And what do you want, Cinch? I'm good. I'm good. The problem oh, is you just you. Can't I'm control. dropping LBs, man. You can't control everybody at a thing. Like you know, right. you can be as good as you want, but if, right. if some dude walks up to you and starts blabbing in your face, and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. you know, like. Yeah. So well, there was that guy last year at Mid Ohio that came up to talk to me about one of Phil's bikes. Mm-hmm. And and he you know he's one of those I had one of those in 1970. Yeah. Oh, KZ 1000. Yeah. But he also talked about 14 sec or 14 millimeters from your face. Yeah. Like he was like this weird. I was like I almost I'm not that kind of guy, but I was almost like, dude, can you take a step back? Like I don't need you inside my face. Like so there's going to be the old guys that don't get it kind of a thing. I think no but, doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What about you? Uh, uh, no, Steve. I want you to tell us a little bit about. Battery consumption and when it's time to change your battery. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, I don't know because I'm so confused now. So a gel battery doesn't die like a normal battery; it just works and then it doesn't. So you guys were out riding. Oh, yeah. And so happened? the problem persists. So on on Sunday, 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 these guys, you know, they were they was the proper gentlemen's or whatever it's called, the DGR. Distinguished, yeah. Distinguished gentlemen rides. The extinguished gentlemen's Distinguished gentlemen's rides. So I met Dan and this guy Nick and Nick Nick and this other guy Dan. So there was two Nicks, two Dans, a Steve, but I think that's it for our group. Oh, no, and the other guy that had the chopper. Two Dans, two Nicks, and a Steve. Steve. 
And then there was another guy, but he left early. That's just saying it was just a bunch of dicks. Yeah, yeah just a bunch yeah. of dicks. And so we all kind of rode vintage bikes. We went down to Market Garden Brewery. Who? I started my bike, the, the Blue Bomber. It started right up, not even a hesitation, one click on the starter. It was good to go. Went down there, met everybody, shut the bike off, went and had a beer inside. We came out. So this was your Tenere? Or no, no, no this no, was the was Blue the, Bomber. The Blue GS850. The, the one you got from the guy up in Michigan. Yes. And Suzuki. Yep, it's been flawless. And I went to start it, and it didn't do anything. It didn't even go rural. Wow. It was just like no clicking, the no clicking, click. no, no lights, nothing, nothing. Wow. Like it was like it was dead. That's so symptomatic then, of a battery actually shorting out. Like we're, what? We're what do you leave out? on? Nothing. So his buddy, believe it or not, because of Dan's awesome electrical problems with his his uh, two-stroke bike, actually had a voltmeter, and I think he had problems too, right? I think he had a weird thing. So he had an actual voltmeter in his bags. What two-stroke bike did he have? Dan. He's talking about mine. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. That's why the guy was helping him, and then he had a problem, so he carried this voltmeter with him. So he put it on my battery. It was 12.3 volts, and as soon as I turned the key on, it went to 1.6. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just gone, man. It was just dead. And so then we found out. So then the other dude, Nick, who's a super nice guy, pulled the battery out of his uh, Honda 750, CB750, put it in mine, started the bike up, and it ran, it was like instantly, like one click on the starter started right up. Yeah. We took the battery out and it wouldn't run. Like it would only, it would idle. Right, it, it, right. The alternator was It needs electricity to make right. electricity. Well, we actually right, yeah. put his old battery back in. Yeah. It's, it, it would like, well, it would idle. Yeah. But as soon it, as you turn the throttle. Yeah. Because his old battery is essentially a plastic cube. Yeah. That does nothing. It was so, uh, uh, infinite resistor. No. <laughs> so we, we made some calls around and, and uh, those guys were nice enough to take my credit card down the street and go buy a battery for me at like. Have you checked your voltage so since you put the new battery in to make sure that's not overcharging and cooking the battery? Yes, it's Good. at twelve point six, just sitting there. What about when running? When running, it was at thirteen one. That's okay. good. Okay. Yeah. So it seems like it was just the battery took a shit. Like it just literally took a shit. And the thing that sucks is I have it on a battery. I mean, all my batteries are on battery tenders and everything else like that. So it must just been his time. But you don't really know what happened to that battery too before you received the no, bike. No, I, I mean, did. It might have sat for fifty years and who knows. I mean, but it looked fairly new. It wasn't like an old beat up battery. Oh, so now it's working all right. Perfect. Yeah, we oh, got a new battery. Awesome. We shoved it awesome. in there and I rode. What we went like what two or three different places after that. Right. Yeah. right. I was yeah, scared. Yeah. I was scared it was just like a stator problem yeah. or something. But. And then Christmas eating like a man that has hasn't eaten for like a month (laughs) but 20 minutes speaking of gs news i did finish my silver one this week oh yeah and you did a beautiful job thanks i think it's i'm gonna reserve i it looks like a beautiful job but i want to look at it up i was trying to bring it tonight but unfortunately it rained but yeah no it looks great well that doesn't count yeah no i should have but um, i'm pretty happy with it turned out and i hate to say it the silver one's smoother than the blue one. I mean, it's like riding wise, it's just it's butter. Is that the older one of yeah, the two? Yeah, the eighty okay. actually rides better than the eighty two, wow. um, but it only has nine thousand miles on it too, so it's it's not not too beat up. That's a beautiful color scheme. Thanks. I like the silver with the, the two zone blues bridge stripes. I, I stole it from some guy that's around here. That's sitting here. I, I saw his. But those But those tank. Um, I mean, those decals. You ordered those, right? I mean, yes. Yeah. There was, that was actually a factory setup, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I have to be honest, it's actually for the 1,000. Oh. I didn't make it for the 850, but I didn't like, I liked the 1,000 better. So, so just, you built a fuller. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So I should have put the 1,000, the GS1000G uh, side plate. Well, on. then you would have been a liar. I know. 
Then I'd be the guy with the Huffy bike with like the Skyway sticker on it or something like that, like trying to pull a fast one. So back in the day, my dad was so cheap. And I used to race BMX when I was like eight or nine or something like that. And I wanted a Skyway really bad. It was like this really light racing bike. And I had a shitty Huffy. Mm-hmm. My dad was a guy. He spent $100 on paint and other things and made my Huffy look like a Skyway. <laughs> but it still weighed 47 pounds. Did it make you faster? <laughs> no, it did not. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. And everybody's like, wait a minute. Your frame bracing looks like a Huffy. I'm like, oh, I it's, added that. that it's because you, <laughs> you knew it was a Huffy. If you didn't know it was a Huffy, oh, you would have been faster. faster. Yeah, yeah, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Holy shit. Nick, how's the uh, CT90 project? Oh, it's fantastic. Um, I wrote it today, and I I got a I downloaded a GPS app or a, a speedometer app on my phone. Okay. That's like GPS speed, uh, so it's supposedly accurate. And I got up to forty seven miles an hour. Okay. Um, I think that's with a with a seventeen tooth front sprocket and a forty tooth rear sprocket, which I actually. So well, there you go. That's the, that's the same app that I have. Yep. Cool. Yep. Cool nicks. Did you make this app? No, no, I did not make that app. No, but I but I downloaded it. Oh, nice. Um, I need that for my bike that the speedometer doesn't work. Here's the thing with the CT90 is that the uh, the rear sprocket, the bolt holes, the four bolts, it's it's different from the CT110 or any other bike that I've found. Uh, and apparently, you can only get a 45 tooth rear sprocket. So I actually designed a 40 tooth sprocket and had it laser cut out of steel. God damn. And uh, got a 40, or I like a, this kid more and more. <laughs> and got a, a 17 tooth front sprocket, and it's still it's still not high enough. The the gearing isn't high enough. But uh, so what's it like in first gear now that you've done that? It's I mean, still it's still way too way too torquey. Like hmm. it, it, first gear is almost used, and it, it, it's it is down to the point that second gear is a little bit too low to be able to get going comfortably. Okay. okay. Uh, so I'm close. I think with a 35 tooth rear maybe we'll see um, okay. how much so but to keep trying this how much is each laser cut each, each rear sprocket is about 30 bucks it's not pretty much the, the same cost as a rear sprocket but right but um well, well, do they we'll bevel see. the teeth at all or is it no just I, had, I, I actually put it on my lathe and i actually ground the the bevel oh, of the, the teeth sides. myself nice because um, uh, i'm good I'm fortunate enough to have a South Bend nine-inch lathe in my garage. Uh, it takes up way too much space that I could have a motorcycle in. But you just like to say nine-inch, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but, Take it all, bitch. <laughs> but uh, actually, no. What's more interesting is the fact that this past week, I think Tuesday, I met the original owner who bought this CT90 in 1969. Oh, really? Good so uh, yeah, it, his, How cool name, is his name is Gary. He lives in Sebring, Ohio, which is near Alliance. Oh, across here. Um, and the the Honda the, the CT90. I'd be happy to eat all your meat. Oh, yeah, geez. that's fine. Oh, that's boy. fine. I'll do that. The CT90 was originally bought in in at a Alliance Honda, I guess, because there's a sticker of, of it on it. And uh, I went down to to meet this guy this past Tuesday, and it was super cool. The, the story behind it he he had it well Man, since nineteen sixty nine. These fucking pizza guys are like flies and <laughs> shit. So the original owner, he the story is he had it. He had it since nineteen sixty nine, and uh, it's been sitting for a while. It only has like four thousand miles on it. Um, so. 
it's been sitting in his garage and it wouldn't run. He he gave it to his son to get running again. And, and he failed. He failed. He, his son's son worked on it a little bit too, but he failed because I, I think they all sort of ran into the issue that I ran into in that it won't run without a battery. Right. Uh, and yeah. they did not want to spend any Six more money. You just don't run without a battery? No. Well, they, so they'll, they'll they run, but they do. won't run right. They won't run very good. Um, so they did not want to spend any more money on this. So one day the son goes to the original owner and, and says, look, I don't, I don't want to spend any more money on this. And uh, you just take it to the scrapyard. So they took it to the scrapyard. And someone at the scrapyard grabbed it and just somehow it made its way to Pete Hempley. Right. With the well, title yeah. in the original so guy's name. How did the title get there? Like, they dropped the title? I guess the so. Scrap? It was under the seat or something. Well, like yeah, yeah something like scrap that. a bike without a title. Well, oh, that could right. be the case. Cool. Yeah, that's a good point. But anyways, I, I ended up with the title, the bike, and this guy's address, which luckily was the address that he was still living at. And he's so still alive. And I, living, you know. I wrote him a letter. I sent him a picture of the, of the bike in its current condition, and he called me a few days later. That's awesome. So uh, I, I met my worthless kids. <laughs> That's what. So we had my house. My house was built. Was he happy to know though that you yeah. had to replace the motor and weld the frame? And well, I didn't tell him that part. Okay. Uh, but he was shocked that three or four years after he dropped this thing off the scrapyard, that it was it's still, still alive. Yeah. It was still a motorcycle, and somebody wanted the title for it. So, so. true to its reputation, you can't kill a Honda. All right. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's neat when somebody happens to my wife. At our house. Our house was built in 1919, so it's 101 years old right mm-hmm. now. And it's had, I think it's had about four families that lived there for quite a long time, and the last one didn't. My wife was doing a little garage sale. Was the like, last one didn't live? No, they, just, <laughs> they lived there for a few years, and they moved, and they sold to us. But she was doing a garage sale. It's like, she does the thing where it's like, pay what you want. So, like, she puts a suggested price, but she'll take whatever you have. It's just shit that we want to get rid of. Ugh. And so we're sitting there, and she's selling the stuff. We're doing all right. Like, people are coming up, and they're selling stuff and, and whatever. And this car pulls up, and uh. this... Let me preface. We're, I was looking through the cabinets one day, and I found this old picture, like way in the back of this cabinet. It was obviously left in the back. It was against the wall. It's like in the living room. We have those corner cabinets that are built into yeah. the corner, you know, from the old houses. So I found this picture. It's this old lady. It's probably from like 1940 or whatever, and this old lady. So this lady walks up. My wife goes, wow, she looks familiar to me. And she goes, oh, we used to live here for like 35 years. That's my mom. And my wife was like, I think we have a picture of your mom. She went and grabbed it. And she was like, oh, my God, that's my grandmother, actually. That's her mom's mom. Wow. And she was here. But then wow. it was really cool. So we liked our house and it always felt like it was a nice vibe. And she was like, oh, there was 11 people that lived in this house. And it's a four bedroom, including the upstairs kind of thing, whatever house. And uh, we all shared bedrooms. There's a bunch of kids. And she goes, we had this happiest time. Like, it was like the house where everybody came and hung out. And the upstairs mother-in-law suite was like the teenage like den of inequity, like where they all hung out. The den of sin. Yeah. But so it was like really kind of nice to find out that the bones of the house have absorbed like kind of good energy for all those years. Like it's pretty cool. Yeah, it was. It was just neat, man. It was just neat to find like somebody that like lives in that house for so long. We also found out that the top had burned down at one point that was never disclosed to us. So yeah. The whole upstairs attic, the mother-in-law was living up there and left an iron on and it fell That's over cool. and like caught the whole attic on fire. She, she I, the bomb <laughs> yeah, there's, there's evidence that my Fiat has been on fire at one point. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a small fire. Here's a Fiat. <laughs> we wouldn't expect anything less. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's great that the CT90 is working out. Oh, yeah. Anybody else have any bike projects, new bikes coming to your life or anything like that? Steve and I are supposed to be working on getting this free... Silverwing, but I think both of us have just been a little bit uh, too 
two in the weeds. You mentioned that last time. So what happened? How's that going? What happened? Nothing. I mean, I I I told the guy, you know, I'm like, "Ah, I can't get it. I have to get back with you and everything. But you know, I it's kind of Steve's bike if we go pick it up. So I went to Boris today, which is a cycle salvage place in uh, Huron, Ohio, and I picked up the last four remaining parts. I need to finish my 74R75. What would those parts be? I needed, well, I had a set of European bars, but I wanted a set of American bars because I had a bunch of high rise bars. Okay. And I didn't really feel like putting everything together and then taking it all apart and putting it back together. So I wanted to get the bars. I was missing a coil bracket. So I got a coil bracket and one of the tail lights. Where are you going, Cinch? The P tree. <laughs> my my yeah. poor bushes. I still got half of the last one. Yeah. <laughs> so you got the bars, you got the bracket. Then you had told me to see if I had a bracket, and I, I told you to remind me, and you never reminded me. I know, me. I, I, I forgot. I think I might, I think I might have, I, I'm pretty sure I have a it, it was coils. Like four box. It was like four bucks. Yeah. Okay. Not too much. So, so Dan, you owe Steve four dollars for not getting him back. <laughs> and then I, and then I needed a seat because evidently the guy who wrecked the bike that I got from Phil, yeah, yeah, kept his seat. Well, oh. it was probably a nice seat. He probably what? plans on getting another one. I got a seat too. I just bought a new carbon seat for mine. Oh, and you could have had the old one. It's actually the lower seat. Oh, it's man. the lowered carbon seat. Well, I mean, I you told you probably this. still swing a deal. Yeah, we could just. I'll still, I'll still buy that off of you because my my seat is kind of beat up. But anyway, I should have it on the road this weekend. So this was a complete reconstruction, right? Frame off. I mean, you had to buy a new frame. You had to do a lot of work with this bike. The whole front end, new frame, whole front end. Got to take everything apart. Everything together, so did you Steve, do anything is that, with the is motor that a, when you had it out, or not really? I mean, not it. really because the guy said it ran really well. So, <laughs> well, I think uh, Phil even you know, part of his story was trying to drive it, drive it as is onto the trailer or something like that. It was awful, but oh no, it was so it was really really twisted. It was off like ten degrees. Yeah, it was yeah. bent ten degrees. Hey, gusset on the one they have gussets on the side of the, the main tube, mm-hmm. and that gusset was pushed in a half an inch. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened to your goozy that you got? That is, uh, James is picking it up, and they're using it as a model for a goozy in the shop that one of their mechanics that has left took apart and left it in pieces, and they don't know how to put it back together. Oh, really? So they're getting my goozy, goozy, and they're using it as, as a, template. a template to put the other one together. That's awesome. What model? It's a... Uh, um, 750 um Eldorado. Ambassador. ambassador. Sorry, it's an ambassador. So I just I just have to say that's the most Italian thing I've ever heard of. That they're using a good one to, to put together an old one. Yeah. Does that mean yours is gonna have to come apart a little bit or are they mm-hmm. well, I don't know. They did the same thing with my ruckus. They had an issue with a ruckus and they're like, they You borrow it. your ruckus, so they got the ruckus. And it hasn't okay. been the does, same does, since uh, they, yeah. no, I sold that. I sold that. <laughs> I, I sold that I still like I still like that yours has a car battery in it. Like the biggest fucking battery I've ever seen oh, yeah, underneath a seat. It's so well, you know, he's a big fan of uh, bikes that have car batteries, the URL, the, <laughs> uh, the Moto Guzzi, anything that has a big-ass oh, I have, a, I have a, a, BMW. a number 27 in the 
you're out. Oh, nice. I have it. I ran what instead of the battery under the seat, which is what they have. Mm -hmm. I ran I ran all the wiring back into the sidecar, and I put a a marine mm -hmm. uh, deep, deep cycle, cycle twenty seven in the in the trunk. So plenty of electrons there. Well, I mean, it's got a hundred and thirty five watt alternator. Uh, Which me is barely enough to. Me personally, I mean, I really haven't done much with my motorcycles. You know, you talk about garage selling. That's what I did all last week, and I can tell you, having a garage sale in the middle of COVID is damn near worthless. Well, I would have been more productive just to load everything up and throw tickets at a dump. Yeah. We struggled to sell. To I mean, we had nobody. You know what I mean? And we're like, oh, maybe when church starts up because they are actually having church which is right down the street right nobody's going to church there was church but nobody went you gotta put you gotta put on the sign like touch free garage sale and we put it on yeah. marketplace and stuff like that and it was just we like, only take nope. venmo yeah i even had to call my millennial friend uh, and ask him about uh offer up and stuff but he was fucking no help <laughs> <laughs> i i've never used offer up i've never bought anything or sold anything on offer up we I just did because the neighbor said he was like oh, uh, he was selling stuff left and right with mm -hmm. using that. So yeah. we yeah. gave it a shot. It, it worked awfully. Uh, the woman bought the couch for a hundred dollars. Then said, "Well, can you bring it to my house?" And we're like, "Oh, oh yeah, I guess if you're giving us a hundred dollars, we'll make that effort." Well, can you get it up four steps to my porch? Uh, uh, I guess we're coming all the way over there to deliver. It. Can you get it through my door? I'm not sure about you know. And it ended up my wife had to then navigate giving the woman back her money. I'm like. Fuck her! You're keeping the money. She, the, yeah. the couch is here. Right. Yeah. yeah. There you go. You caught it. Get it's it. your problem, there, baby. So, yeah. on the other end of the luck scale, so I was driving last week, and I was driving. So I live in Cleveland Heights, just in normal houses, whatever. But next to me is like University Heights and Shaker, where, like, it was Millionaires Row, part of it. Like, so Euclid and then what famous comes person? Up. The one woman from Saturday Night Live is from Shaker. Uh, um, the one that the used one to smell her armpits. Yeah, smells yeah. her armpits. Shannon that. something. Yeah, yeah. Shannon whatever. But so, but like some of these houses are like six, ten million dollar. It's ridiculous. Like they're. It used to be part of Shaker was million. There's a millionaires row there, isn't right? There still? Yeah, and there's like I mean, literally, like some of these houses have twenty bedrooms. And it's ridiculous. So how much is your house worth? Not much. <laughs> it's definitely not that. It's, <laughs> it's it's definitely a Cleveland Heights house. Very very minimal, you know, payment house. But the best thing is, is that if you know trash days during the summer, you always go to that area early in the morning and you drive. And I've gotten like oak desks and chairs and like. Stuff that you're like, I can't believe it. So this, I basically taught myself, and I could not believe that this actually happened. I'm driving down. I took a scooter ride. I'm, like, driving around on my scooter, just hanging. I like to drive past those houses. It's nice <laughs> to and I see a Troy-built snowblower sit on the end of this dude's driveway that God. looks like it's brand new. And I'm like, there's no way that this dude's... But it's like, why is it... It's not snowing, and it's positioned out there. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. So I stop the bike, and I go, and I knock on the guy's door, and I'm like, hey... I don't want to be rude, but is that it? What are you doing with the snowblower? It's like, I'm moving in three days or four days. Selling it's a pain in the ass with COVID. I, I figured somebody would take it. So I'm like, can I be that somebody? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm on a scooter. Can I put it on the side of your house? And I'm going to get my trailer. And I'll be back in 30 minutes. He was like, it's yours, man. So I rolled the thing over, got my trailer. So I go back and I'm already pretty pumped, right? And I'm like, so what's the deal? He's like, well, I bought it. I put gas in it. Never ran it for two years. And now it won't start. No problem. Okay, cool. So I do all the research, everything. Anyway, so I go get the thing. I put it on the trailer and I take it home. And my wife's like, what kind of crap are you bringing home now? And she looks and the thing has the knobs on the top. I mean, it's brand new, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I pick it up, the guy goes, hey, uh, where do you live? And I'm like, right down here. And I'll give you my address. He goes, I got a couple other things I might drop off for you before I leave. And I was like, okay, whatever. So I get the snowblower home. 
And literally, like, the tines on the front have all the paint on them. Like, there's no, it's wow. n- never been used. It's brand new. So I try to start it, and you can tell the gas, like, whatever. I'm going to try to do an air hose and blow through it. If not, it is, I'll give you this. The new motors now do not make it int- easy. I couldn't even find the carburetor. Wow. Like, mm-hmm. it's underneath plastic and up inside. I still haven't figured out where the air cleaner is. I did find the carb and how to take it off and all this. It's painting that, but whatever, I can do it. But sure enough, so it's like Wednesday of this week. So it's like four days later. I've completely forgot about this guy at this point. I'm just stoked to have the snowblower. I get a knock on the door, and there's a U-Haul truck in front of my house. And it's the dude, and he's on his way. He's leaving to Atlanta, and he dropped off a brand-new Ryobi two-stroke blower. Oh and he, and he left you a sewing machine? No. <laughs> no. But he did. He gave me that. He he's gave like, me a handy. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like. I'd say I it's the other way around. You should have been giving in. I should have. I was like, you know, hey, I got a pretty mouth. He gave you a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so I, I scored. I mean, like, I didn't even have to. I mean, the second score wasn't even like I had to do anything. It was dropped off to my ass. house. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, man. Looking at the, the bay, I, I went on YouTube and, like, did all this research to figure out where the hell the carburetor was on this thing. They purposely put this giant plastic cover over it with, like, a, a primer bulb and this other stuff and all well, this. There's no things. filters on those things. None of them have filters. Yeah, it does. Uh, it, snowboarder. Yeah, oh, it, there's nothing on it. It just goes What somewhere. kind of engine is it? A Briggs & Stratton or... I don't know. Okay. It's all covered in plastic. The yeah. whole thing is covered in plastic. It's so man. stupid now. Like, just like the cars. Why do they put a huge, like, they cover the whole thing in plastic? Why? It serves no but, purpose. But here's the best part. And I want to know what the best part. It has, yeah. it has two reverse speeds and five forward speeds on yeah. a fucking snowblower. Wow. What are you well, going to do with... Who needs two? Oh, I had a, you need those. My driveway is like as a professional snowblower. It's French. not like that, but so it's... Can retreat. It's a Italian. Backwards on that incline. They need five reverse My snowblower has the same thing. It's the same I'm thing, stuck. but from MTV. They're okay. from uh, Husqvarna. Oh, they are the same thing. I mean, there's yeah, definitely things that you're going to use first and second gear. Whoa. That was a microphone. Disregard. What's it doing up there? Because you put a pizza box in the... Check, test, check, check. Thanks. One, two, three. Chris Smith, everybody. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what were you saying? Wait, well, you're not at so Cam's, uh, your Cam's open mic night with all your comedy. I, right? I, I just uh, did it right there. <laughs> your your definition is brought to you by Chris Smith. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely times when you're running a snowmobiler. Snowmobiler. It's easy for you to say. No, that's what I call it. Right. And, uh, you know, you'll use one and two when you're like near the house and when you're doing some of the stuff there and you're just going back and forth. And or the heavy snow. But the real when, heavy snow, you got to put it now in. That you have a, now that you in, have a proper in, snowblower, you're going to end up yeah, doing half low, the block. So when you go out and do the <laughs> sidewalk all the way from here down to the next <laughs> intersection, yeah. you'll throw it in five and just be like, wow, look at the fucking You'll understand after out. the first heavy snowfall exactly what well, and, and I had a, I had a, an old Aaron snowblower from like the late 60s that it the snowblower part was just an attack. It was a tractor that had all sorts of oh. other attachments. Attachments. There was also a trailer a that you could sit on. Thrasher. Tree shredder. No, a stumper. No, yes. but you know what? To make the universe right, because this happened, I did tell my. There's a, I have two old neighbors. One guy's like 87, and the other guy's like 78. And I told him if it snows, I'll make sure I do their, yeah. their yards too. Just because I feel like the universe. Like, they dropped off these two things. Like, if I don't do something right, like, I'll probably, like, end up in the tines of the snowblower, like, with an arm stuck well, in there or something. Maybe you should have so, made sure it ran first before you... <laughs> Pro tip. <laughs> Pro tip. Yes. 
pick up the newspaper boat that's buried oh, in the, the snow, snow before oh. you do the road <laughs> and your neighbors. And, and your hoses. That fucking and coil Sunday, your hoses. That Sunday post. Oh, it is amazing how quickly it will fucking go. Good. And then, that's not even the worst part. Sheer pencil break. You just, getting that newspaper out is impossible. Oh, right. It's, it it's sucks. You can't, re, you can't reverse road. It's just like, oh, digging it out. I had one. I just had to. I had to set it, it off to the chunks. side and use a different snowblower until set like, it on good fire weather, until right? it burns away. It does. This thing came with a little like a uh, uh, ice pick that clips yeah. on. You want to use that? You don't stick your arm. Don't. Down the shoot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, pro, pro tip number two: My dad lost a finger trying to clear the chute of the oh, snowblower no. with his oh. hand. Yeah. Oh wow! Okay. Of course, he's one of these guys. He. He stuffed his hand back in his glove and finished the sidewalk before oh he told God. anybody that he had cut his finger off. Oh, wow. Oh, no, he stuck shit. it in the muffler just to cauterize it. <laughs> <laughs> stuck his glove back. Well, it was still, there was, like it was still attached by the skin. They reattached it. Oh, really? Because yeah, wow. it was nice and cold out. It preserved yeah. it. Well, I'm going la- to be laid up for a while. I better get this this, this walk done before I get my finger sewed back on. <laughs> Yeah, don't go through slush. I'm telling you, and do not stop. If you're going into slush with a snowblower, keep going. As soon as you stop, just, you're digging it out. I mean, you're digging out just the, the shit. These the snowblowers sound like a pain in the ass. No, they're great. Just wait for spring. There is nothing rewarding than a nice big snow, and you go out there and fire up your blower. Oh, it is so much and, fun. And you're just throwing the 30-foot plume of snow yeah. like, okay, I am crossing the Arctic tundra. I'm saving all of humanity with yeah. my snowmobile. You see, my snowmobile... Look, the poor little snowmobile. children walking to and fro snowblower. My snowblower was never right. It, it had an old Tecumseh, like, five-horsepower engine on it yeah. that always seemed to rev to, like, 30,000 RPM. <laughs> you got to do that. And, it, and it's like... Well, you um, a 100-foot plume. The more you right. <laughs> Well, no, it felt like, like I, I could never start this thing at 6 o'clock in the morning. I, I could not do that. So well, I mean, that's <laughs> I actually start. the one that I had was a little bit gear bound to self propelled. It was a single speed little Sears one, and it just wouldn't walk fast enough. It was like Jesus Christ, and it didn't have enough RPM. It wasn't throwing when you hit slush and everything. Went in, took the governor, bent it a little bit, raised my RPM up <laughs> yeah. by about a good thousand RPM. Yeah. Right up, you know, and now it's like ah! <laughs> I like when when you hit slush and it comes out like. These motorcycle podcasts are so much uh, fun, aren't they? Cleveland Motor Snowblower Snowblower podcast. But I did have a Toro two-cycle snowblower, snowblower back in the day. <laughs> and it could handle about a half <laughs> inch of snow. I think yeah, that was about the most snow that yeah, it could Yeah, they had those old ones that had like the veins on the front. Yeah, it was yeah. like, oh, Nothing this is good yeah. if you get a powder. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was pretty much what it was good for. Two stages. You'd been better off going out there with your lawnmower and blowing <laughs> With the mulching attachment. Yeah. Anybody working uh, tomorrow? Me? I gotta work. I'm yeah, working. Too. I'm working. I'm working from yeah. home. I'm working from work. Uh, I'm working from work too. You cunts. I can't believe it. You so, piece of shit. You fucking get wait, a job. Smile when you say that. Do we have a joke? Oh, yeah. Mr. Ooh. Smith. Oh, we, well, we do right here. Chris Smith. <laughs> 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 Thanks that was the funniest one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Chris, Smith, Chris Smith fell in the mud. Ah. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try it. Oh. What did I have? Oh, you know, nowadays a lot of people aren't named Lance, right. but in me- medieval days, 
people were named Lance a lot. Mr. Smith, so last week you had just purchased your new bike. How is it? How's, how, how's living with it for the last week? Well, I'll tell you, it's got great front brakes. Okay. And <laughs> how, are <you> going? <laughs> how are the rear brakes? So I was uh, whistling up uh, 77 North to 490. Hold on. So maybe somebody didn't listen last I, week. What did you buy and what is it? It's a uh, 2014 Moto Guzzi, California. Okay. And uh, like brand new 5,000 miles or less or something? Yeah, and at 4,600. I think I turned over 4,700. Well done. All right, so go ahead. So you're on the highway. And I'm going 40, <laughs> 50 miles an hour from uh, 77 on to 490. Okay. And uh, some lousy cunt decides <laughs> that he's going to just break it out to see you next Tuesday. He's going to dive in front of me, which he did. And everybody in front of him came to, from 40 miles an hour down to 7 miles an hour. Yeesh. Oh, my goodness. And he dove back out to the left to go 77 north. Which left me about twelve feet oh. between me and the car in front of me, and I grabbed all sorts of front brake. And I'll tell you what, the fucker stopped. Wow. ABS and stuff on it. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. it's got that's, all the. It's got all the BSs. Yeah, it's. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good for a two thousand pound motorcycle. But I, you know what, I was I was looking at this rear bumper, thinking, boy, does it need some pepper or uh, hot sauce because I'm eating this motherfucker. And uh, that had to suck. Like, I just got this bike. I'm just getting used to it. Now I'm about to eat this This motherfucker just jumped in and then jumped back out and went north on 77, and I hit the brake. And I thought, fuck. And, I, and I, I'm going to the right to clear, but the fucker stopped. I couldn't fucking believe it. I don't know it. what it is with these people. You know what? Solid white lines mean you can't you're not supposed to merge until you hit a, a slotted one. So today I'm getting on the freeway, and there's a, a, a semi calling stone in front of me. Yeah, and he's boy. doing like 40. So I'm yeah. staying like 20 feet back so I don't get a stone kick in my windshield. Right. And as soon as he clears, he starts going in the lane. I decide I'm going to go like around him because he's doing 40. Some right. guy behind me... Comes whipping down the thing over the, the solid white line and jams me right into the truck. The truck slams on his brakes. I slam on my brakes. This this um, whatever asshole cunt just keeps going. <laughs> and the guy in the truck stopped. He pulled off to the side of the road, and I bet he shit his pants because he <laughs> yeah. thought he was going to kill somebody. He thought he was going to kill me. Oh yeah. So it just it's like why can't people follow the rules? Well. Well, it's I mean, just like if you just follow the rules. There's simple rules. It's like a moron can follow the the driving rules. Well, it's just like if there's a four lane road and there's two lanes per direction, don't drive next to the other person doing 27 in the 35 thing, and don't expect a lot of people to be upset. Like that's so, another thing. These people just sit next well, to each fucking other all and the it's, time. It's the thing that the people who weave through traffic or do shit like that, they they think that they're making up a ton of time. By doing shit like that, it's they're not. Have you ever? Have you ever? <laughs> but done? the point is, as a motorcyclist, that there's almost no room for error with a lot of these shit balls to get involved, right? Um, <laughs> with weaving in and out of traffic and 
not respecting the fact that you're on a motorcycle. Uh, and as motorcyclists, you have to be extremely careful or cognizant of people around you that are going to make very bad decisions. Well, and that's the thing. So, like, when you're on a bike, you tend to really be looking, especially, like, when I was commuting to work a lot. You know, like, I'm, my eyeballs are open. And you realize how many people I have no fucking clue. Like, they're, they're looking. I've seen people read newspapers draped over their steering wheel. Right. Ladies putting on makeup. Everybody's texting or looking at something in the well, even even when I'm in a car, I'll in my in Amber's in the, the passenger seat. I'll be like, that guy's about to merge into our lane right in front of us. And sure enough, they they always do. Yeah. And it's like shit like that. So you yeah. you have to be dry. You're not you're not driving for yourself. You're driving for everybody else around you. I think I'm, I'm not a. They call that defensive driving. Right. By the way. And yeah. I am definitely more defensive on a bike, but like I, I'm not I'm not a big fan of more laws in any way or anything. I, but I honestly think that like there should be if you get caught like you know texting and driving, it should be like a twenty five hundred dollar or something. No, I think it should be like a DUI. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. you should lose your license. Well, it's just as dangerous as should, a DUI. It is. Well, it's, it's more. It's more dangerous because yeah. usually when you're slightly buzzed, you're like yeah. paying attention to not killing. You're like ah. You are hyper focused. Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend who had six different accidents, and, it, and they all in some way involved her texting and driving and stuff. Yeah. Like I'm that. sure. I'm sure. Cut you off, see it every day. Cut man. off all her fingers. So, 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 so she can't grip a. No, she use her nose, nose and her hook. <laughs> How about you? Uh, give me your phone. Oh, Verizon. Verizon, turn off her phone for a month or a year. No, no cell phone. Well, you know what? What would you guys think you're about this? Somebody brought this up. So, like, to, to keep safety, if the phone can detect that you're, go- I mean, obviously it would suck on buses and things like that. Maybe they could have a code or whatever. But, like, if you were going over 15 miles an hour, your phone disables itself. Well, we already know we have an app that can tell you your speed. Right. Right. So if, if your phone detects that it's going, moving yeah. more than five we miles We know hour, that Jeff Bezos knows exactly where you are all the time. All the time, right. And how fast you're going. No, so. and if you say uh, sugar, God cinnamon, donuts, then the ad comes Bezos. up in three seconds. Right. So, I mean, they hear what you're saying. They know everything. They know where you are. So why can't they, they just shut off in the car? They, they know where you are. They can do that, but there, there are, and, there are and apps they know that you what can you're use to, to do that. They but but that, that's up to the user to decide that they want this is what that I'm put on themselves. Right. Yeah. So this is what I'm saying. Car manufacturers could easily put something on so You guys all want a nanny state, don't you? No, I don't <laughs> usually. But in this case, driving For you, morning, John, I do. This texting thing is getting so bad that it's becoming, I mean, it's dangerous. It's really dangerous. Okay, so I have a bigger pet peeve than that. Okay. Okay, so last winter, John Legend decided that he was going to rewrite Baby It's Cold Outside because it was so offensive. <laughs> right, right. Okay. I remember that. So yesterday, these guys at work, which are all, I'm the oldest. Who, but, not I mean, which. Yeah. Who, who, who guys, are. Who, whom. Things. Who, whatever. Which. Fucking guys at work, okay? <laughs> they play this this. Song that I never heard by some Cardi or Lardy B or Cardi B. Cardi Cardi B. B. Yeah, yeah. Also, Lardis. I don't normally say that. Which is supposedly yeah. the number one song. Wet in- ass pussy. Wow. Okay, that's the name of the song. And I'm thinking, John Legend, you fucking bitch. Yeah. You know, you ban. If baby, it's cold outside. And point. Cardi B singing some song about wet ass pussy. I mean, seriously? That's a fair yeah. point. Yeah. I mean, how can so? Where are you now? Were you gonna write, uh, "Baby, you're slightly damp and the humidity is high"? You know, like what? what What's he gonna? Is he gonna rewrite that song? So, so who here has actually seen somebody riding a motorcycle and texting? 
I have never seen somebody no, riding I've a motorcycle. Seen it. Right? I have too. My friend 480 Mike. rush hour traffic. Wow. 75 miles an hour. Holy shit. The guy's on a sport bike. He was able to go 75 miles an hour in rush hour traffic? Oh, early rush hour on Phil Rogers. goes faster than yeah. Yeah. Bumper to bumper, yeah. 80 miles an hour. Well, you know, Phil, Phil always have, has those, those selfie pictures at like yeah. 105 with him taking a picture. But, but squids have more than two arms. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, when, when I did my 47 mile an hour run on the CT90, I could not have pulled my phone out. That would have been impossible. Well, that would have been... Absolutely terrible. I wouldn't do it just because I might drop the fucking phone, you know. I could easily text on. If if I if there was a bike that I could text on, it would be Chris's California. That thing I could ride without any hands all the way out. <laughs> no, it's so it's so rock steady. I mean the fucking steering wheel straight. Which he did do. Uh, which I did do yep. because I wanted to see if no we had to get so a Smith lean on. Smith, does your does your uh, uh, bring out the GIMP license plate holders? <laughs> 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 you know, you have to wear a gang ball when you're riding that bike. You know, I just wear it around my thigh. <laughs> I've got a buddy who rides a, a dressed out road king, and I, literally, I've seen him with a ball cap on, with his legs crossed on the tank, smoking a cigarette, with no hands on the. Oh my god! You know, just going down the freeway. I, I see that too. When I was going to New York, some guy on a Goldwing yeah. was sitting in the passenger seat with his feet up, crossed on the tank, like leaning back, like with his hands behind his head, with his <laughs> oh my feet God. on the tank, just going down the road bullshit. on the Goldwing. No, bullshit! I'm no, calling bullshit. I'm on not. That. You could ask my Steve, wife. Steve, I'm calling bullshit. Well, on can, that. No, I totally believe you. <laughs> I don't believe it. I've shit. seen I've seen very things like but he probably did it because he saw you're you. You're just trying to one up the last. No, story. I'm not. I'm not trying to one up anybody. I saw the guy twice going to New York when I was going to Speculator, and I'm like, holy shit! How is this guy doing this? I saw a guy who was on the highway who was riding a Hayabusa, and he had a hammock strung up from the top of the windscreen. <laughs> that, very that cool. Weird, that weird little <laughs> hump on the back. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what? Back in the squid days, oh, it gets hammocks. better. We used to have to levitate up. There. But back in the squid days, I used to when we used to ride in groups and everybody be doing wheelies and dumb shit. I'd always love to see whoever was in the front that did the Jesus and stood on their tank like this. Sometimes it was successful and they'd pop down. Other times the bike would be like, oh, and the dude would be like, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and you just see him tumble. And I'm not gonna lie, I'd be like, just, <laughs> just laugh. What is this? I'll take one. What is it? Okay. What is this thing? What's up, Market Garden? Dude. Nano Lager. OG Lager. It's mostly not alcohol. It's 4.3%. No, that's perfect. Yeah, I got to get drunk at 6. It's mostly not alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly not alcohol. Honestly, though, you can drink like 50, 4% beers and not be bad. Once you get over 6.8%, I find that that kills me. I'm bourboned out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we had one. Smith needs needs some more booze, I think. That's what I mean. I gotta so go to work tomorrow. Is that a podcast? What, what's our time? Oh, we are at two hours and fifty-five seconds. Holy shit! We need to finish out the hour. Okay. No, two hours and fifty-five seconds. What do you mean? Uh, three hours? <laughs> yeah. so now we we're at two hours out, and two, one minute. It just out seems like right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We can call it quits. We can call it quits. Well, all right. So and then so I mean so people are aware. So we're probably not going to have Captain Phil next week either. No. So thank God. Another podcast. How about we do this? Let's assign everybody to bring a topic next week. One official topic. That might not hurt. 
That, we that have, we should do that every week. Tech tip. How about, yeah. Why don't we have a, Let's a drop non-podcast that everybody has a tech tip? Dig up a tech tip okay. right now. Pull one out of your ass. I will say it right now. Next week, I will attempt to bring the CT90. Okay. okay. And I, I will attempt to bring my silver bike, which is fine. It's a lot of ring. things, God willing. The weather. And I'll attempt to right. get drunk again. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I have a question <laughs> for, for the masters over here. So in the older bikes with yeah. the speedometers and the tachometers. Sure. There is like what a magnetic drive that drives mm-hmm. like a little metal like. Spin. What it is is the uh, uh, there's a gear reduction and there's a magnet that spins. Okay. And what it does is it is the the little needle has a little stack of, of metal plates that when the magnet spins around it, it it makes a magnetic field that makes it move a little bit but not you know at the same speed as right. the cable the, or, right. or the gear reduction and um, you can adjust that by sort of moving the magnets in or moving them out or something like that but most of the time it's not worth it it's a pain in the ass it will never be correct wow so, so in there you have it if, if, your phone. if your tachometer or speedometer is twice what it should be is there any way of fixing that i don't know i know my vespa speedometer does this always you might want to check and make sure that the reduction is right because i know there are different reductions uh, for the hub yeah you know what i mean so you may have had a different uh just the gearing is all wrong (laughs) you say that the tack works the same way some the weird thing is Mm -hmm. is that the tack what is that phil sent us a a A bobcat Bobcat crossing crossing. (laughs) oh yeah what shirt is he wearing uh Tiki embarrassing shirt. Oh, okay. It looks like my tattoo, actually. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. So points versus. <laughs> well, like, well, here's the thing with the, with the speedometer. If your speedometer is inaccurate, the tachometer might still be accurate because the tachometer is not dependent on that magnetic drive. Mine point. is. Mine both run off cables on the GS. Well, yes, but but have you measured like your tachometer to see if it's oh, accurate? It's no, it's not. None of them are good. Oh they're, wow! They're, they're okay. Terrible. Well, terrible. I have no fucking clue. All right. I think they both have the same magnetic kind of thing because they have that soft action. I know. I know the Vespa is the the tack is directly t- cable driven, so it is accurate. But the speedometer just moves around all over the place, and and uh, the CT ninety I suspect is the same way because it is. Who knows? But. I mean, yeah, the two, you know, there are people who can crack them open and stuff. But what you're going to find is, like, that's usually, like, the ring or the chrome ring. There's various strategies for that, like prying it off with a mm-hmm. screwdriver. I've already done that. Or just slightly <laughs> or cutting it and yeah. letting it, releasing it. And then yeah. it's just, uh, it'll never be the same. Yeah. 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 There are people who are very skilled in it. And uh, if, you know, you can send your tack off and have it rebuilt, and they'll put a new face on it. Dog shit. Somehow, maybe they have a tool that recrimps that ring on it, and they, you know, I don't know. Well, I've gotten, so I, I bought a second set off, you know, whatever, eBay for like 30 bucks. And um, it, the cool part is the speedometer is a 140-mile-hour speedometer instead of 85, right. and then the tack's normal. And uh, the tack had some kind of dust inside of it. So I, did I made that, a mistake. I did that whole thing in like, Carefully, like uncrimped the top and yeah. pulled it off and yeah. cleaned it and then put it all back. No, no, I, I was I was incorrect. I, I I didn't mean to say tachometer. I meant to say odometer. Odometer. Oh, the, yeah. the no, mileage the thing. on my bike is typically yeah. dead on. Dead on. Right. Yeah. The odometer right. is fine. The speedometer is like on the one bike. It's about. 15 miles an hour off usually. Right. And kind of whatever. The other one seems to be kind of right occasionally. The tack on the the now silver bike is about, I want to say, a thousand RPMs off. 
then the other tack was just everywhere and just stopped fucking And working. the odometer is correct because that's direct gear drive. Direct gear right. drive. There's yeah. no magic. As long as the gearing shit. is correct, which it probably is. Yeah, it is. It's fine. Yeah. Right. So, so how do you determine that the speed is 1,000 RPM off? Um, I'm just wondering. I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm a guessing, but it's just the way it sounds. Like, like you're at the middle. Like, if you hammer it and you hit the rev limiter and you go about halfway, you know you're about you know half. If it redlines at nine, you know you're at about forty five hundred. That's why I feel like I mixed bandit. I mean, I was riding mixed bandit a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and I felt like, well, the RPMs were half of what I thought the engine speed was, but Nick, it says that. That he believes that the I, I, don't, I don't have any reason to believe that it's that inaccurate. It's not. Yeah. So it's just it could be your perception. I mean, it's, right. I think it was my perception because if I'm used it's to a, riding a it's old a, man's bike, like I have you with could no do, noise. Uh, I mean, you I could mean, calculate it by you know at fifty there's there's gear ratios, and at fifth gear you're at a certain you know yeah, ratio, but, yeah. and at fifty five mile an hour your tack should be reading X. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's how you can check it. Right. 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 Well, also, it, it, I mean, once you get used to a bike, you know the sound of it. And one day, if it's at four thousand, and one day it's at six thousand, at the same sound, you're like, hmm. Eh, like my Ascot, I feel like that tack is too fast. It's like, rah, rah. I'm like, it is not going straight to fucking redline. <laughs> right. It's a single cylinder, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Dude, there was a guy. I just saw this whole article about this guy who it was his first bike was an Ascot. It was a. a it, how long did they make those? It seemed like a newer Ascot. In America, you got them for two years. Wow, wow! Because this one looked like pretty new compared to like you know well, it was gray. VT, it was like a silver and gray. VT, it still right, said Ascot on it. Whatever. FT. There's was that a twin and a single? There's a BT no, and FT. Yeah, so this. maybe was his a B twin or a single? I don't know. It's a VT. VT, I think, had a, little, had a little bit longer run, I think, but I'm not okay. sure. It might have been that, but he took it and he put 14-inch rear shocks on it, which was stretching the uh, the shaft a little bit, but it was okay. Then he did something with the well, front. Well, it was a shaft drive. It's not an FT because that's chain drive. Okay, so it had to so be the So the VT would have maybe been a shaft, shaft drive. drive. Yeah. Okay. But he, he did different forks and he put high fenders on it and it crashed. And that, it's like a whole adventure bike on yeah. a fucking Ascot, wow. man. yeah. He said it's reliable as shit and fucking runs forever. Well, like my single cylinder, that has the front forks off of an XR500. I mean, they're right. yeah. they're off-road forks and stuff like that. But the problem with that is the sump on the motor sits, they put a bigger sump for the street bike. Yeah. So that's like sticking way down. So the first time you hit a big rock, you're you're literally bashing your fucking oil pan. <laughs> Into, yeah. Your aluminum oil sump. So, Aluminium. So I, I made the a deci- decision this week, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I'm going to stick with it or not, but when I was riding the off-road stuff and everything, my hips really hurt, my mm-hmm. knees hurt. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at the Super 10 right, and I love the bike. And I'm either going to keep it and put street or street tires back on it, but I, I put up a thing that said I might be interested to trade at a reasonable value, about 8500 bucks. And I said, mm-hmm. what do you got? I don't want any sport bikes. My knees can't do it. Mm-hmm. And so far... Uh, Nothing really interesting. No. Yeah. <laughs> like all the bikes that Phil got that I was kind of into before, but then we rode them and they suck. That's what Would you trade does. for a Versus? Well, that's what some guy offered me a Versus 1000 with 8,000 miles on don't it. Don't get a Versus. Oh, you don't want the 1000. What's a big thing? But that's, yeah, I mean, that's basically buying what you already have. Right. Well, it's more street oriented, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, mean, I like, wouldn't do that. I wouldn't either. I, I, I'm not. I'm just going to see what happens. But, and like I said, like, I'm not in a. You know, I'll put street tires back on it, and it's a great fucking street bike. But it's just, I feel like I'm like, 
you have the wrong tool for the job. You're putting street tires on a thing that's not really made for car. Yeah, but it's mean, not really. I mean, it's look not at, really could be made into a supermoto. It's not like a supermoto right. bike. But well, it's an Africa Twin, though. I would say. Yeah. yeah. You could really put smaller. I would tire, probably trade like, it for an Africa Twin because, like that, yeah. I think it's narrower and nimbler. And or I think it's, nimbler. Yeah, and it's, I think it's a much better street bike, to be honest and with you. I would say if you lowered it an inch, it would be it would be perfect. Well, what about like a GS800 or something like that? Would you go that well? I mean, it's kind of the same thing, isn't it, though? What about PC? I really would like, you know what I really like I've been digging right now is the Kawasaki 900 Cafe, the Z900 Cafe, oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, retro yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. That thing gave me a boner. Cool. I was looking at that. Because that's so. a four-cylinder, right? Oh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. It's, but I don't it's, think you're going to get that for the 8500. Well, brand new, they're 10.5. I've seen okay, them for sale for eight. You know yeah. what I mean? So or that's 11. reasonable. So that's it's reasonable. right in there. But. Cow W800. Okay. W800. Have, you, have you seen the review? I looked at that bike and I thought it was great. Have you seen the reviews of it? They're like, it's so cheap. Like, it feels right. cheap. Oh, you mean compared to the W650? It's like... They yeah. cheapened it up. It just they said like the forks are really thin, the power mm. is lackluster, you gotta get to like six thousand. Yeah, it's well, based it's not on a, a triumph, so what do you yeah. expect? No, but I mean if you <laughs> want a street carving like fun retro machine, like you know, I'm better off with my eight fifty than yeah. at that point. No, you know? you're right. Yeah. You know. I know, but but it's like an older school. Oh, it's a beautiful it's right? a beautiful so, bike. And they it's, a, it's a modern over. bike with all of the the downfalls of a vintage bike. right <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i did see where in india i guess they're re-releasing the cb350 really a friend of mine on facebook posted something about yeah. that but unfortunately it's going to be a single cylinder 350 oh. so it's not true to its roots and it's being sold in the indian market to try to compete with the royal enfield of, of yeah. everything well, that's going to be meanwhile in too. india a royal enfield costs 1700 and some dollars yeah if you did the conversion, where the CB350 will be like $2,700. So I don't see how that makes any sense. But but I think a CB350 here in the States, uh, if it was a twin cylinder, right. maybe fed through a single oh, fuel injector. No, 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 no. We're going to go with uh, the twin for well, well, certainly a, a four. Well, I mean, the, the, the heyday of four cylinder bikes is long past. I right. mean, unless you're buying a CBR something, a sport, super sport bike. You are not getting. Here's the thing, though. I think I think with all the single cylinder small displacement bikes that we've gotten, people kind of want a twin cylinder bike. So yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at the Benelli 302, yeah, that is a twin cylinder bike. So why would the a re-release of the CB 350 not be a twin cylinder bike? Yeah, it's really weird. Right. But we should talk about this. We should talk about the Hunter Cub too, or the. Yeah, CT125 because that's what you said one of the the Patreon people wanted to hear, right? Well, no, it was it was our buddy from Cincinnati, oh. Dan. He he's at lunch with his family. He couldn't he, uh, lunch dinner with his family. He couldn't call us in, but yeah, he's he wanted an opinion. He was like, he's call like, Rand. <laughs> call Rand. <laughs> he uh, you know, he said like just like all of us, he likes the looks, he likes that, but like, what's the livability of that bike? What do you think about? See, it? I would say, is that his only bike? How many bikes does he have? No, he's a he's got like twenty thousand scooters and whatever oh, else. All right. Well, I mean, if you it's just something you want to add to your stable for something cute and cuddly, then yeah. But you know what? I would say that you have to consider the monkey at the same time you consider the the. The CT125. Here's the because thing, I think the money, monkey on down the road is going to be a much more iconic. It was already, right. a, it was a, when it was, you know what I mean? The monkey bike is the one to have of the three between but, the Cub, mm-hmm. the monkey, and the CT. But it seems like the CT can do more and go more places. Like, I'm at, just saying, like, not uh, necessarily, as far as, though. if you ever go to sell it or if you want to have it sitting in your garage many years from now and be like, yeah. 
Ooh, that's a monkey bike. They only came out with those for a few years. But, but if you wanted to, if you didn't care about resale value, if you just wanted to ride it, I think well, the it, larger the wheels would help. Well, the CT is going to be the utilitarian of all of them and because that's what the CT is. And how many people are traveling the world on CT? There's a few guys. Right. But what I'm saying is, okay, so I have a Super Cub, which is very, very similar to that CT-125. Right. Yeah. Plus, I have a monkey. So, and I ride both of them. And I, you know that I love, I have six Super Cubs. I mean, I love Super Cubs. I love them. I, you know, I collect them. I have every... You know, flavor yeah, of, right. of Super Cub, but I wanted to order. I, I actually had ordered uh, Hunter Cub, whatever they were calling it, Hunter Cubs. Yeah. So when they came in, I have one. I have one reserved for me. But then I think, well, I ride my Super Cub and I ride my Monkey, and the Monkey is way more comfortable. It's way more fun than the Super I mean, Cub. Than the Super Cub. Huh. The Super Cub might have like a mile or two. Uh, a mile or two, like top end on it, like it might go a mile or two faster, slightly what about, faster. What about slightly right? faster. Fuel tank. What's the fuel tank range? But the uh, Super Cub is one gallon, and the Monkey is one and a half gallons. Oh, oh wow! So your range is fifty percent greater in this in the Monkey because they get roughly the same fuel economy. That's why you and were so confident on our fucking beer run. You had a gallon and a half. He had one gallon, and I had one point three. So you had 0.2 gallons more gas. No, no. I, I mean, you know, I keep track of my mileage too. But, but what I'm saying is, if you're looking at if you're looking at the CT without the dual range, which it's not going to have a dual range, right, right. And you're looking at the monkey. Well, I can get anywhere you can go. If if you put, you know, it depends on the tires you put on it. I mean, so I can go anywhere you can go on that CT. I can do anything. You can do better. <laughs> is what you're saying about the monkey well I'm not saying it may not be better it may be but but it'll be more comfortable it'll be more fun and you have a bigger gas tank yep and, so, and you have the exact same powertrain you know you have the same powertrain as the Super Cub the monkey and the CT and it's so, adorable yeah and it's and it is adorable but it, it's but the thing is put the rack on put the case on you know right. it looks kind of stupid with your like top case but then you have everything you need. Yeah, you could put a scabbard on there. You could carry your, you could carry your, you know, your uh, three hundred eight with it. You know, like you carry your gun and go hunting with that monkey. You could carry enough food. You could carry your backpack. You could you, there's enough room on there. You could put your your, your tent and your you know, like whatever you know on the monkey. The CT has that rack on the back. If you, you want to do extreme the- tiny touring. Well, the there's, there's a, yeah, there right. was a group from Europe that came here, and they they did uh, the trans trans tat the Trans America Trail. Yep, Pan American mm-hmm. Trail, I think is what they called it. No, no it's the, I thought it was the top. Trans America. Okay, the tat. Yep. tat. Yeah. Okay, I'm wrong. But they did that with um, uh, Grobs, and like they yeah. they they built them in Holland or something like that. Shipped them over here. And, you know, got off in like Pennsylvania and went from Pennsylvania all the way out to Washington, all the way across the whole country on. Two grams. What do you think about that, Chris Smith? He's out. <laughs> but I mean, the thing is, here's the funny part. So all these guys get these big adventure bikes and stuff, and they're getting them stuck in the mud, and they're killing themselves and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. These dudes, like, they were in the most gnarly train, and they have videos. You can find them on. I wish I could remember the names, but if you look up like you know Grom Tat uh, thing, you'll find them. But like, they were in the gnarliest sand and stuff, and they're just like platypus footing it around and picking the bikes up. Oh yeah, they weigh two hundred pounds. Yeah, I mean, you can't. I mean. 
I I liked heavy. I mean, I've owned six or seven gold wings, mm-hmm. and I've owned you know fifties to the gold wings. And you know, I used to like a heavier bike, but now you, once I rode that monkey, it's like I mean, I you know, you, you wish you had a little more power. You wish you could do like hold sixty five, which you can't. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be doing fifty, fifty five, but. Well, the, like also, to? the sweet thing about one of those things is you get a little bit of tra- uh, a rack that goes in your, your receiver, and you can just throw that thing on the back of your car, right. dri- drive the 150 right. miles to where well, you want to go, you, then unload yeah, that and do where whatever. Where is Honda and, and these guys? So, like, everybody says the same thing. If it had, like, a 175 or 200, at least you could do 65 miles an hour steady on the freeway. Why don't they do that? Why don't they just up these CCs by, like, 50 and give it that extra 15 miles an hour just to make it I don't it know real. why they don't. I mean, maybe it's a, a tax thing. I mean, I always thought, like, a lot of these things that a lot of the bikes you get are, like, driven by European tax laws. You well, know, like they, they say that it's... That's a slippery slope, though, because these are bikes that are meant to be small. And if you, if you bump them up to 150, 175, or even 200 cc's, then they're not small bikes anymore. No, but they, they can't. You can they, fit that in the same frame. Right, you can fit in the same frame for a Chinese mini bike, but for a Honda? I don't a know if they want to... Do you think want, a 150, though? I mean, say they pump, bumped it up to 150, put out 12, 13 horsepower... You know, still a ten to one compression. It would be still reliable. Yeah. It wouldn't. It wouldn't shake all that much. You probably have to put an oil cooler on it. You know, maybe it's maybe this one twenty five is like the price. Like they're hitting a price point. The, you know, they I, can, yeah. they don't have to put an oil cooler on it. Well, they already they had the motor from the ground. It's a ground motor. Right. right. You know what I'm right. saying. Yeah, and that's just. I mean, I was just saying that. Well, they don't have to develop another motor. They don't have to do anything. But it would be nice to have just. Just have, but they just have a little more. Don't they have yeah. like the CF ones or CFR or whatever the fucking dirt bike one seventy and all right, that's, that's a, a totally different that's a motor. Dirt that's, an upright, that's a that's not a horizontal cylinder. That's a vertical cylinder. And, and I know I'm talking from the chassis too. It's like if you up the displacement a little bit more. Yeah. You know, the more you go up in power, the more the sketch fa- factor goes. Right. You don't up. have the brakes. I mean, you don't right. have the brakes to stop. But I mean, seriously, that bike you can get ABS. You have two discs. That's race. true. That's true. So if it you can doing, handle ten more horsepower, but I'm just saying, ten if more horsepower. No, ten horsepower. Would be no, no, sorry, not, much, not horsepower, not horsepower, miles per hour. Ten miles oh, per yeah. hour. Ten, it could handle yeah. ten more miles. That's per what I'm hour. sorry. Yeah, that's what I meant. I mean, but I would say that if you did that, you'd have to like get, you'd have to have ABS on it, and you'd have to have like some some more of these safety features. And you got to remember, you're on twelve inch wheels. Yeah, twelve, and yeah. it's sketchy at 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 fifty five. The thing gets sketchier. It's not really that bad right but um but i mean you look at the super cup versus with right. 17 inch wheels versus the uh the the monkey with 12 inch wheels and the monkey's great at low speed and like when you're doing stuff around town it's perfect i mean it's like but dude the you get up to 55 it's a little sketchy I the mean, difference of getting out of a car's way on my my one th- my tnt 135 compared to the, the chinese ground which still did like 55 miles an hour but like this one has more punch in fourth or fifth gear. Right. It makes it very much safer because I can get the fuck out of the way of a car. You know what I mean? Like yeah. in the other one, you're like kind of stuck. You're like, sorry, I'm trying to move. Right. Like, and it was like us going up hills with cars behind us in New York. You know what I mean? Like we couldn't, we were at, you know, my wrist was smashed into the bottom of the throttle and we couldn't do anything. Oh, yeah. Well, so. yeah, the monkey's like either off or the throttle's off or on. They might as well just put a toggle switch on it, you know? <laughs> right. So, 
<laughs> and I mean, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, Vespas have twelve-inch wheels, and they also have three hundred cc's. So, yeah, and like Vespas do eighty-five. You know, yeah, an eighty-five, That's eighty-five true. would be a little bit much for a monkey. But it'd be nice to know it could do it, like if you needed it to, or at least use that torque to get up a hill and do seventy, you know, or something that, like that. That being said, a Vespa GTS is much larger than a monkey. Oh, right. Okay. Well, if you want something bigger, get the three hundred two. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. yeah. At some point, then you're. But having, then at some point, you have to trade weight for I mean, like power. So I mean, that's what you're doing right there. Right. Are yeah. you a one? Are you a, are you selling to a one twenty five market? or Are you selling to a three hundred market? Because there's mm-hmm. yeah, it's different. Like, yeah, but I mean, even seriously, one fifty, you couldn't put you couldn't put the, the twenty five cc's would give you would give you two or three more horsepower, which would be to me it would be would give you a, a steady fifty five. It would yeah. give you a little more torque. Yeah. Well, that's if what they, if the those guys, things stick around long enough, they'll be big bore kids. Oh yeah, put you this really way, yeah. No, they already they already have them. Yeah, yeah I think so they like, have like one eighty eight for yeah. them or something. So oh, on my, my, my TNT, they sell a one fifty five, but unfortunately, you have to get a whole new injector and also a computer. And at that point, you're into it for a thousand dollars for fifteen cc's, mm-hmm. twenty cc's. Sorry. That's a 155. But you're saying that would make all the difference. Well, this is what the guy, the guy put it, there's there's a dude on on the interwebs who did this, and it gave him about 8 to 10 miles an hour faster. It gave him enough torque that he was able to drop the rear sprocket down to make him get a few more miles an hour faster. And now he said, like, in fifth gear, he hardly ever shifts. Like, in fifth gear, you can do 25 up to 60. But you know what? I spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars on a ruckus. To get, oh. and, you know, I, I listened to all the pundits on the thing and how much, you know, like what, you know, it, but most of the, most of these people spend all this money and then it's all, there's non-empirical yeah. data. It's, the best it's thing like, that I ever it's did. like, it feels faster. I think I'm going right. faster. Well, the best thing to make a 50cc ruckus faster is, buy, to do, is to buy the 150 China motor <laughs> and stick it on there. Yeah. And it makes it ferociously, well, hilariously fun. And, right. and I used to be a moped guy. And it's like, we were, oh, you, you always tried to get 50 miles an hour out of 50cc. And it's like, it, as soon as I was old enough to buy a motorcycle, it's like, well, now I have a 250. Who cares? Yeah, you're you know, the worst Buy another bike. Yeah. But, but what I'm saying is that that I don't trust anybody with like the the like the oh i put this pipe on and i know it's running faster because i think it is i mean because right. i feel like it's going yeah, faster you want empirical well, data you want i yeah. want to see it on a dyno and every <laughs> dyno and all the i mean all the dyno data i see on anything that like all these mods these guys do like a uh, hundred mods on these things they do the intake mod the you know like the uh ecu the exhaust everything it's like they pick up like a half a horsepower mm-hmm. And dude. it's like you're spending six, seven hundred thousand bucks, dude. and you're picking up a half a horsepower. I mean, if to you me, want, it's not worth it. If you want to laugh your ass off, go on Facebook and go on the fucking the Grom clone boards and groups and stuff like that. These dudes are like, I'll never spend three thousand dollars on a Grom. Then they buy like the same bike I used to have, the Chinese bike, which mine I just bought literally just you know China virus. Yeah, <laughs> but like you know, I, I didn't want to do anything, whatever. But then they'll spend, like, one dude spent $1,500 on wheels, like, because they were fatter or something, and then extended swing arms and chains and intakes and carburetors. 
by the time they're done, they have $4,800 into this bike right. that the frame is just breaking because it's shitty metal. You know, it's like... Oh, well, you could have put 4800 to almost get you like a CBR 300 or something. <laughs> exactly. Like like, it's yeah. a, I think it's a different thing, though, at that point. It's like you could spend more money on a better bike, but at the same time, you're, you're modifying what you already have to be your own. Yeah. And a lot of people are willing yeah. to spend a lot of money But But it's funny, that. like... Because the price, the entry entry into the game is so low with those bikes, yeah. that people buy them with the anticipation to modify them, and they've never they've never owned a screwdriver. Mm. So like you got to see some of the questions, like what is this wire? My bike won't start, and it's literally the spark plug wire. Like, <laughs> they don't know how to put it on the spark. There's plug no wire. gas coming out of this. It, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's the that's the, the spark best, plug. The wire. best is everybody gets them, and they obviously ship with shipping oil, which is not motor yeah. oil. Yeah. But the that's guys, great, though, that at least, they, you know, if somebody has something that they can not make a huge, you know. Right. You well, haven't made a $10,000 mistake yet. You're right. But there's awful lot of guys that just run the bikes. Like, they start them up and run them, and they're like, it ran for, like, 30 minutes, and now it won't start. And everybody's like, did you change the oil? No, why would I do that? <laughs> it's like, oh. It's brand new. Yeah, yeah. It seems to be, a, the metal looks really silvery. It's like metallic silver spray paint coming out of the oil thing. And you're like, oh, that's not good. Speaking of which, I should change the oil in my Piranha engine. Because I have not done so yet. I just got, I <laughs> yeah, I would. I mean. Oh, yeah, I would too. I you want to change it when it's broken in, not broken down. Right. Yeah, right. I stopped on the way here. I finally got... So nobody had an oil, like I, I changed the oil in my 135 twice already, so, mm -hmm. you know, but nobody had an oil filter for like the longest time because it actually has a paper filter. So mm -hmm. Renee finally got them in and I was able to get one today. I'm kind of scared. I wonder what's going to happen when I take that filter out of this. Oh, it'll be okay. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> it's going <gonna, laughs> it's it's to like be silver. Tristan, you all came out of the transmission of my Yamaha. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, it was completely dry, and I filled it up, rode it the 100 miles, drained it, and I was oh, like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so did you ever get your points sorted out of that thing, or what, what else is there? Um, you know, I haven't done anything on it. I've kind of been trying to take it easy because of my, my arthritis and my hands has been acting up. So I rode a bunch last weekend, which, I, which means I didn't get to wrench. Gotcha. All right. That's good. We think it's the uh, the um, commutator just needs to be cleaned. Okay. Hmm. Everybody was wondering because we heard the story, so we had to had to fill them in. All right, so Smith, take us out. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> there we went. And on that note, drive fast and, and take, take chances. Next week, tune in where we're all going to have topics and a special guest. And test. bikes. And bikes, hopefully. Hopefully. Yes. Back to the bumpers. Hit 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 the bumpers.